What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 63. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. I'm back. Everyone relax. You're back from Real America. Everyone relax. Back from Real America. How was it? It was great. What Vita games you play? Uh, Castle Invasion Thrown Out. T-H-R-O-N-E. Pretty good. Yeah. Just came out in October on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Vita. Okay. It's a tower defense game, 50 stages. Mm. You're like trying to get three stars in each one by doing certain things. I I got 100% of the trophies in it. I thought it was... Uh, that was fun. I mean, it's not like this dramatically fantastic game. It's sure. not the best tower defense game I've ever played, but uh, kept me busy. It's probably, I don't know, I probably played it uh, seven or eight hours before I, okay. I did everything because okay. I, I went back and got all the stars. And How does it uh, compare to Pixel, Pixel Drunk Monsters? Oh, it's not on the Pixel Drunk level, but that's what I think. Um, but it's, it, it's different. You're, so basically, on the left, on the, or, yeah, on the left side, it's the same screen for all of them. It's just a day night cycle. Yeah. And uh, on the left side is like a castle and there's like a comical, comedic little story where a king is trying to take the castle and so he sends all his men out over and over again. Yeah. And so you have like a bow and a crossbow and like a spear and a slingshot that all do different kind of damage. Sure. Um, and you're just trying to keep everyone away from the castle and it's pretty pretty straightforward. There's some cool quirks in it like there's a, every once in a while drunk people will be, like just drunk ah. peasants will be in there and you don't want to hit them. Yeah. You can but then they like throw their they like faint and they throw their bottle at the castle and do a ton mm, of damage. Can't and, do that. No, no. So it was a it kept me busy. And then the bigger thing was, so I, I actually went and downloaded and bought like a slew of games. I yeah. bought, um, uh, God, I can't remember the, the, the game that's based on the fonts. Do you know what I'm talking about? That came out like a couple months ago on video. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, uh, geez, I don't know. I can't remember the name. Wait, of it well. it's based on, what do you mean? It's, it's based, based on, on fonts. It's like a side scroller. Like based on like Helvetica and all these no, things. No, no, no. This does sound typewriter. Typewriter. T y p e colon r i d e r. Okay, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Didn't play that yet. Uh, bought, well, downloaded for free. Uh, Letter Quest Remaster, which I know you played yeah. a while. Great game. Yeah, really, uh, really, really cool. Uh, I like again the challenges there of doing yeah. everything without vowels or certain vowels or certain letters. And I like that. It's, cool. That's why it works as a great mobile game, or especially for a plane game, right? If you can play through and you're making progress, you feel like you're making progress. Mm-hmm. But at any point, you see that oh, crap. There's still three challenges on this level I didn't get through. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the way they wanted me to do. Yeah, I liked it. Cute and and uh, yeah, and then I downloaded something else, uh, Exiles End, whatever that game is mm-hmm. called. It's like kind of a Metroidvania, but I didn't play that yet either. I mean, I was I, I had intended on playing more, but um, with the exception of the flight there and the flight back, I basically didn't touch my Vita at of all. Of course, my, yeah. my nephews are playing it a lot, but but I didn't. I didn't have my PS4. And then yesterday I got home, and or two days ago when I got home, I slept. I slept from. Uh, Good Lord, man. I, I didn't sleep much when I yeah. was home because the kids are running around. You got to soak it all in the family time. It's really quite exhausting. Yeah, of course. It's quite, quite rigorous. Uh, got home at like 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Saturday. Right. Watched some Black Mirror. Mm. Ate a cheeseburger. Yeah. Then I went into Where you the cheeseburger went, from? Rome. Nice. On Union. Yeah. Then I went uh, to lay in bed. Sure. Aaron's cousin and her friend were there. They were watching in bed with you. No, they were watching in the living room. Oh, they weren't about. They were apologies. watching in the living room. I mean, I understand how, based on the structure of the sentence, that you kind of right. drew that draw that conclusion. But they were watching Idiot Abroad, ah. and I went to the, which is a funny show. Yeah. But I went to the bedroom, laid down, and was playing Vita. Fell asleep. Woke up one a.m. Ho. Got up for a little while. Did something. Probably some candles lit and all this kind of things. And then I basically, you know, lit some candles and. You play the crystal bassoon, the crystal bassoon, and then watch a little TV. Then went back to bed, woke sure. up for football. Ah, of course. So I'm feeling pretty refreshed. But the point of that particular story was yeah. that I had nothing to play on PS4. So I was playing mm. Iron Cast still. 
Ironcast is so game. good. I told you that about that one too. And uh, I think I'm just going to take credit for that one. I'm then, sure you will. Then what happened was uh, we got the Final Fantasy 15 code. Right. How much you put in? Uh, I so I downloaded it. Yeah. And then it has that. It does that tricky thing where it's like, oh, it's only 13 gigabytes. And then here's another 40 gigabytes. Jump on in. Just you try to jump menu. in. And it's like you're fucked. You're like, God damn it. So I was like, that's fun. So uh, that's when I was playing Letter Quest. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was Aaron and my anniversary. So we went to dinner. I came back and then uh, that night and played just a half an hour. I got through the tutorial. Now I'm pushing a car down the street. And I'm How's like, it feeling? I, I don't want to. I don't want to say. It's I mean, 30 minutes. Uh, you don't I, have I, I mean, who are knows? you interested to play more? Yeah, definitely. But I, I hate those fucking characters. Right. I just hate them. What I hate them. the boy band. Like, I just hate Noctis? those characters. And I was surprised to see like our friend Vince wrote a review. I read a little bit of it. He was saying like the characters were some of the redeeming qualities of the game. And I'm like, that's true. You're fucked. Then we're in bad shape. But the game's getting eights and nines and yeah. uh, not a huge surprise there. So I'm interested in getting back into it. The conundrum is that the last guardian what we should be getting that imminently yes and uh maybe by the time this goes up and it's i kind of feel like that should be our priority you know like in terms well, I mean, of you like, got tim obsessed with final fantasy exactly we can, so, we can keep playing whatever the fuck we want exactly so yeah. and we have to go to psx so everything's all fucked up so right. when tim um, chimes in here uh, for topic of the week or topic of the show i guess topic of the week's copyrighted by ign.com uh trademarked by Pierre Schneider when he comes in for topic of the show which is ours totally different uh we'll have him give a little synopsis of I think his first two hours with Final Fantasy what he thinks of it but yeah busy it's exciting historic, times it's historic times I was saying Tim on Colin and Greg today because these are two games that you know may have never even come out yeah then they're coming out within a week of each other and I think that's kind of extraordinary so it's so in terms of people that have been waiting for a long time for these games as we all have yeah it's a pretty pretty meaningful time, and I hope they're very both very good. It seems like Final Fantasy 15 is what I thought it was going to be, which is good. And uh, you know, we'll see what what the Last Guardian pans out. But that's basically it. Gotcha. How about you? Uh, you know, Thanksgiving, I had a similar thing with you and your Vita, where I laid out a battle plan going into the vacation of all the things I was going to do. I was going to platinum Watch Dogs two. I was going to get through the new waves of Lego Dimensions characters, and then I wanted to start in on Res. You didn't do anything. No, I, I played more Watch Dogs. But I, I did this thing where I spent time with people and friends and families and stuff, and it was weird. And like that's what I did every one of the days. And so I, it put me way behind on everything I needed to be. And let me tell you right now, in terms of this Watchdog Platinum, fuck this multiplayer. Now, not that I hate the multiplayer. I'm sure some people would like it and enjoy it or whatever, and that's good on them. You know, you and I, we aren't multiplayer kind of guys. But this going out and getting bounties and bullshit, like there's this one calling of you have to be the, you know, take out five of people in the bounty hunter mode. You have to take out five because there's a time where you have to be the bad guy and take out a guy coming for you. That's fine. A guy coming for me, kill one guy, fine. I've done that. Great. Hack one guy, great. I've done that. That's fine. Some of these annoying as shit. The hacking game, annoying as fuck. Mm. You have to find somebody who just doesn't know what the hell's going on to really get it done and be fine with it, mm. which I was able to do. Because sometimes the game, like, the one where I got the hacking trophy of hacking another player, right? It, hap- it happened for me is that I got dropped above him on a, like, pretty much on the Golden Gate Bridge. And was able to look down, hack him, and then he was in the middle of a firefight, so he didn't have time to worry about me hacking him. And I was like, great. The other times I was getting dropped in, you're dropped in, he's like on the other side of the wall. It's like, well, how the hell am I going to get anywhere where this guy can't get to me and immediately fuck this up because it takes forever to build? That's garbage. And then the other thing too with this like the bo- this bounty hunter mode, right? Of like, if they have to kill five guys. It says, you know, take out five uh, bounty hunter dudes. And I was doing it. And I'm jumping in there and I thought I was making progress because sometimes the cops like I'm getting dropped in the guys, you know, 900 meters away or whatever. So I'm getting in a car driving over to go get them or whatever. Cops kill them before I get there. Sometimes I'm tossed in there. Other, you know, bounty hunters that are like, you know, allies or whatever. They've killed them before I get there. I'm like, oh, man, these are adding up. And it's like, no, no, you have to be the one apparently to kill this guy five times, which sucks in case that 
if I'm wrong on this, and this trophy is glitched, which it probably isn't, but you know what? I made. I think I got three in a row yesterday, and then started getting the other thing. The, of course, multiplayer mode's all fucked up still. It wasn't online forever. Then sometimes I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do the bounty hunter mode. Spins and searches, million rate regions doesn't find me anything. It seems like I have to go do a real mission in between every one of these. When I'm just want to get this fucking trophy off my fucking mind, because once that's done, it's that's done, and then it's like three of the final missions, and then I'm done. And seems I'm, like the game's not doing very well. No, they put out a statement about it last week. We, Danny and I covered it. Shout out to Danny O'Dwyer again. Thank you for covering it last week. Go vote for him at thegamewars.com. Uh, yeah, they, they were like, yeah, it's underperformed the week one sales of what Watch Dogs, the original, did, which I think most people would have expected, seeing as how the original Watch Dogs was touted to be this next-gen da-da-da-da. Mm. But it's still, the, their statement actually is interesting because their statement last week was, you know, yeah, it's underperforming, but, we think that, and it's totally PR spin, obviously. Reviews and streamers and all this other stuff, there's a chance for this game to still be super successful. No, I don't think so. Super successful, no, but it will be an interesting one where we talk about, you know, Bethesda doesn't believe in the IGN, you know, the review model anymore. There is a different life out there now. But I would have to say what you're seeing now is pretty much what it would be. Although, I still feel, and I talked about, I won't be the dead horse for the listener, but last week with Danny, I was talking about this, where the people I was playing with in the week, over the weekend, not this weekend, but last weekend, we were all saying how this game has no business being this good and this fun, and it's a game that snuck up on everybody I was sitting around talking with. These are all our, you know, our pals and Scott Lowe and those types, and how that was really interesting. It reminded me a lot of when Far Cry 3 dropped, and Far Cry 3 dropped, and nobody really gave it a second look. There was a million other things to play. And Mitch Dyer at IGN, I remember telling us in Game of the Year meetings, like, no, 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 you're sleeping on this. You have to play this. You have to, and I'm not saying this is good as Far, Far Cry 3, but it's got that same thing of like, this is so much fun. This is such a great world, da, 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 da. And none of us knew until we sat down at break right. to play it. If that'll carry over to sales, who the fuck knows? Far Cry 3 was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was. Really, really, really great. And that's why Far Cry 4 was good and Primal was good. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact they just keep making the same game. <laughs> Yeah, four, five, I never beat Far Cry Four or Primal, but uh, you know, I was looking at my trophies. I, I I've been playing a lot of games, like I, I just like really kind of deep in it, mm-hmm. deep up up in the game. Are you up the game's ass that you're always saying don't be no, up the game's I mean, ass? I'm but getting close. I'm getting pretty close, yeah. but I'm but I'm not quite there. I just feel like it. You know, I'm in, yeah. I'm in well, that. If you're mood. in the mood, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Because between Battlefield, I mean, I beat Battlefield One, Titanfall Two, and Call of Duty back to back to back. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed my time playing on, um, you know, people were busting my balls saying like, why do you always say they played those games on hard difficulty? I'm, like, I'm telling you so that you understand that my experience might not be normal with the games in terms of difficulty and especially in terms of game time, you know, because people were saying like, how long did the battlefield one take? I'm like, I don't know. You don't ask me like, yeah, yeah, you're not the, you're not the medium. No, but I will give a special shout out to, uh, so infinite warfare, I beat it. Uh, on veteran and then i was like yeah no, i'm not gonna go out and get the collectibles i'm just I'm kind of over it. i'm not gonna get the platinum anyway because so many of them are relying on zombies and mm-hmm. but i did go to play the zombies in spaceland mode the game's fucking cool yeah like it really really i don't know i i didn't play last year's too too deeply so it could have been like this too but i feel like there's like an incredible amount of depth to that particular mode um that i wasn't what, what, seeing what's happening? Zombies what's about, what about it um just like I like the collectible card system of like having these cards activated and then unlocking obviously new sections of the map as you go, gotcha. um, which is not necessarily novel in that respect. But I just like the thematic kind of 80s vibe to it. And then, um, you know, uh, there's just something cool about that particular mode that I would play online with people if I didn't have to play with random people. But I'm not going to I'm not going to like, you know, bother you too much more. Hey, the game feels so good, though. You know, like I was playing it a lot by myself and and um you can buy these things that like revive you automatically, so it makes it a little easier for you. But it was pretty good. I wanted to give it. A, I actually deleted. I, I have the disc, and I deleted it off my like the the, the game data off my system. And then I'm like, ah, I should have done that. Yeah, and so I went and downloaded my save and like off the cloud, and then put it back on. 
and played that for a little while. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. So I, I leave it on there. And then I, I, I did jump back into Tomb Raider for a little while ah. in addition to Ironcast because I was playing Ironcast. And I don't think we talked about it on the show too deeply, but Ironcast came out in the last year, but it's so 2015, but it's a great game. It's match three yeah. meets mech combat. It's pretty good. But then I was playing Tomb Raider and I'm like, I think I have to start this over again. Like, I just don't know what the fuck's going on. How far did you get into it? I, th- I thought you got like, just through the first. To the in- Soviet compound. I think. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So, okay, I mean, okay. it's not too much, but I was playing it and running around. I'm like, I just don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, that's always a bummer. So, because uh, I think that's one of the games I really would like to get through before the end of the year, maybe over break. Sure. So, Final Fantasy 15, The Last Guardian, and then. And then uh, Tomb Raider. And then maybe Tomb Raider, yeah. Because mm-hmm. nothing else after The Last Guardian, that's basically it. Yeah. So, unless there's some random downloadable games that might be interesting. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll see what's on that there <laughs> report this week you know what i'm saying mm. if you didn't know ladies and gentlemen this is psi love you xoxo it is kind of funny.com's playstation podcast it is the number one playstation podcast on the internet and it posts every tuesday at 9 a.m pacific time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games that sneeze has been brewing for like a good 15 minutes yep you okay no, i'm good thank you and podcast services around the globe before we jump in the show proper let's go through housekeeping Number one, PSX is happening. This is our final show until PSX. Remember that Sunday at noon, that's December 4th, we are doing our panel, PS I Love You, XOXO Live at PSX. Then we're doing a meet and greet right after it at 1 p.m. Uh, that's all, of course, in Anaheim. However, it's important to talk about the scheduling of this year, PS I Love You, XOXO. So what's happening is Saturday, they're doing the press conference in the morning at 10 a.m. They called it, you see this, the PSX Showcase they're trying to get away from the press conference now. No, yeah. It's a press conference, all right? They're going to sit there. They're going to tell you about cool video games and stuff. What we're doing is starting a pre-show, 9.30 in the morning Pacific time on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We will talk about what we think is going to happen, even though we're going to do that here. But we'll have updated things on all the rumors and leaks and all that jazz. 10 o'clock, we'll switch over, watch the stream along with you, react live. And then whenever... The PlayStation press conference slash showcase ends. We will pick up, do a post show, uh, post show reaction thing with you. That will be your PS. I love you. XOXO episode for that week. That will be episode 64. However, that one will go up. We'll do it. We'll then put it all to the podcast services that Saturday. Then Sunday's panel will be a bonus episode for you. That will post as usual Tuesday at 9 a.m. Everything makes sense there. I think so. Uh, here's the other thing I want to talk to you about, Colin. A while back, you might remember. I said, hey, developers, you got something at PSX you want people to come see, you got to tell me about it. We'll throw you a little bit of promotion here. I got one from Yuchi. You ready? Yuchi says, hey, Greg, thank you for giving us another chance to promote a game that we have worked tirelessly on for the past several years. As you mentioned to Mr. O'Dwyer, we live and die on these passionate, loyal, small communities. It would mean so much to us to give our game another shout out before PSX. Here goes. Fallen Legion is a high-speed action RPG with an easy-to-learn but hard-to-master skill-based pay- skill gameplay. While not, When not in battle, players are tasked with on-the-spot decision-making that will have both long-term and short-term consequences. We really took the kind of funny Best Friends feedback to heart, because if you remember, this is a game we debuted. We did a Let's Play 4 uh, back in the day from the spare room. Uh, feedback to heart, and went the extra mile with our PS Vita version of the game. There will be more news about this at PSX. For those of you planning to attend PlayStation Experience this week, we will be there with a new playable demo of Fallen Legion on PS4 and, for the first time ever, the PlayStation Vita. Then, Yuchi's a good guy, spells out this name, and I'm still going to screw it up, right? Xanthi Hewn. That's your name? Xanthi Hewn. Okay, good. The voice actress for Princess Cecil and many 
other beloved RPGs will be at the Fallen Legion booth on December 3rd at 3 p.m. for a meet and greet with fans. We hope to see you there. Thanks again. No, thank you, Yuchi, for sending this one in there. And yes, Fallen Legion, of course, a let's play we've done here on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. It will be the one that I annotated to at the end of this episode. Colin, mm. let's begin the show with what is and forever will be Roper's Report. <laughs> Time for some singular possessive news. Uh, there are six items on this. A PSS bag a dozen. This is a, it's a slow week. So the first thing I want to do is just a PlayStation Experience rundown. I think you already hit this up, but I thought people might be curious if they were going to PlayStation Experience. Uh, what's happening at the show other than our own panel right. and the keynote address? Sure. So, uh, and then also what games will be there. Mm-hmm. There are about 100 playable games. Um, did we cover this on another show or did we cover this on PS? I love you last week. Did, when was the blog posting on this? When did Sid, this, when did big Sid Schumann this put this up? This post is from, that I saw here was from November 28th. Uh, we had a list of, um, we had a list of developers and, and publishers. That gotcha. So we're expanding. Yes. Keep going. So the the tantalizing thing here is that on Saturday, December 3rd, after the keynote, at tw- these are all Pacific times, at 12, noon, 1, and 2, are three unannounced panels. Unannounced. They won't tell you what it is. There's only six panels at PSX yep. this year. We're one of them. Three of them, top secret. And then, at, uh, so that'll be fun. So that, that we assume there'll be some unannounced games being shown, but who knows. And then uh, December 4th, Sunday, when we're there, uh, at 10 a.m., Horizon Zero Dawn is going to have a, a panel with Gorilla. And then ours is at noon, mm-hmm. which is most important. And then With two David o'clock, uh, accessibility, making games for all gamers. So about accessibility features in games, which I think is pretty cool and, and an interesting thing. And I, I, I'm seeing more and more of those in games as we play them. Again, that, that game Hue that actually I think comes Hue. out on Vita this uh, week and it came out on PS4 some time ago. It's a game all about colors, but colorblind people can play. And I thought that that was pretty interesting. Nice. Um, and then I thought, you know, since why not? Let's read a list of the of the games that will be playable. Okay. Okay. Um. So these are playable games that will be on the show floor according to the PlayStation blog. 2064 read-only memories, which has been in development for a long mm-hmm. time. Three-on-three freestyle, Arrow, Ace Combat 7, which we've been curious about. Yeah. Batman Arkham VR, which is already outbound, which is already outboundless. Brawlhalla, Chasm, which I can't wait for. Cosmic Star Heroine. I don't know what's going on with this particular game. You've been banging the drum on this one forever, but then you went quiet because they went quiet. And this is where the hell is this game? Uh First PSX was when, in 2014, when we were sold IGN, was when I had first discovered this. And I'm like, mm. yes, yes, mm-hmm. oh yes. This particular game looks fantastic. For people that don't know, Cosmic Star Heroine is a 16-bit style role-playing game on PS4 and Vita uh, that really looks like Fantasy Star, uh, the Genesis classics. Uh, it was supposed to come out late this summer. They've been tweeting about it. I think they're just still working on it. So, it's disappointing, but you know we have to wait. Cryptark, Death Tales. Now, Death Tales has been floating around for a while, too. We played Death Tales at the original PSX, and it was that, that free-to-play Vita game. Do you remember with that kind of oh. interesting dude that was showing it off? He was dressed kind of like vampiric. Yes. It was, remember, remember when we played The Order and it was on this outside thing and then on yep. the inside was like a bar and there were Vita games there? Yep, he yep, was yep, there. Yep, that yep. was that game. Death's Gambit, Destiny, Rise of Iron, Disc Jam, Divide, Drawn to Death. And again, we'll have David Jaffe on our show. What up, Jeff? Earth Knight, Eider, E-Valkyrie, everything, Fallen Legion, Fantasy Strike, Farpoint, which looks fucking awesome, Flint Hook, For Honor, Full Throttle Remastered, Future Unfolding, Future Grind, Gang Beasts, Garu, Mark of the Wolves, Nog, Graceful Explosion Machine, which is a great name, Gravity Rush 2, GT Sport, Hatsune Miku, Project Diva, Future Tone, Hearth Forth, Alicia. Hell yeah. Our first ever. PSX shout out for 2016. Here they lie. Horizon Zero Dawn. Human Fall Flat. I expect you to die. Jenny LeClue Detective Vu. And I'm a big Jenny LeClue Flan. I've talked about this. Yeah. You like Flan? I fucked that up. But you know what I mean. I'm a fan of it for real. It's a game you should look out for. I do like Jenny LeClue. 
Just Shapes and Beats, Killing Floor 2, which is out. Knights and Bikes, Let It Die, Loot Knights Rascals. Knights and Bikes, another game that looks fantastic, too. I think that's the uh, game. Full disclosure, I, I kickstarted that one. That's the game from the um, from the dude from two, um, two Media dudes Molecule. from Media Molecule broke off to go do that. Mages of Australia, which is uh, Dan that, Edelman's other game. game, in addition to Chasm, Masquerada, Songs and Shadows, MLB The Show, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, which looks great. Monsters and Monocles, Mosaic, NBA 2K VR, Nidhogg 2, Night in the Woods, Neo, which looks awesome, Abduction, Orcs Must Die Unchained, Persona 5, Woo-woo! Plague Road, Pox Nora, Psychonauts and the Rhombus of Ruin, Pyre, Rain World, Rainbow Six Siege, which is interesting. Because that's the, probably the oldest game on here. Randall, Raise the Dead. Did that game ever come out? Randall raised the dead. Raise the no, Randall and raise the dead. Raise the dead. R a y apostrophe s the dead. Mm, not to my knowledge. That game has been bouncing around for a while. Refactor, Resident Evil Seven, Biohazard, Riggs, Robinson, The Journey, which is out. Salt and Sanctuary, which is out. Shadow Warrior Two, which I think is out. Shakedown Hawaii, Smugglecraft, Snake Pass, Sniper Ghost Warrior Three, which I played. Um, did we see? No, we saw Sniper Ghost Warrior Three at GameStop Expo. Right. Sonic Mania, Star Wars Battlefront, Rogue One, Scarif, Star Wars Battlefront, Rogue One, X Wing VR Mission, which I can't wait for that. <clears throat> Static, Street Fighter Five, Sundered, The Church of the da- or Church in the Darkness, The King of Fighters, Fourteen, The Last Guardian, Tooth and Tail, Uncharted Four, Deep Sense Survival. The survival mode looks pretty cool. Until Dawn, Russia, Blood, VR Worlds, Watch Dogs Two, Zing, The Land Beyond, Yakuza Zero, Yeek or Y Two K. I'm sorry, Y Two K. Yeek. Why is it spelled Yeek? Y Y I I K. Because it's the Roman numeral too. No. It says Yeek, a postmodern role playing game. That's the name of it now. And ukulele will be playable. So that's that. So Good. we're excited. Good. Yeah, I can't wait. And then meet and greets. Uh, so what it says here is for the first time ever, we'll be doing meet and greet and autograph sessions at PlayStation Experience. Pa- pa- pack your rarest gaming memorabilia and get them signed by the following. So Saturday the 3rd. From 12 to 12.45, Tim Schaefer, our friend hey! from Double Fine. And then 1 to 1.45, 2 to 2.45, and 3 to 3.45, TBA signings 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are the people leaving their panels, just like us, probably going straight over there. Right. And then 4 to 5.30, Yoshinori Ono. Oh, the Yosh! And Capcom Cup Finals. And then on Sunday, 12.4, uh, 11 11.45, John Gonzalez, who wrote Horizon Zero Dawn, and he wrote Fallout New Vegas as well, in case you want to get his autograph. 12 to 12.45, TBA signing number 4. 1 to 1.45, us, Greg and I, and Tim. 2 to 2.45, Yasuki, Yasuyuki Oda from King of Fighters 14. 3 to 3.45, Masachika Kawada from Resident Evil 7. And then 4 to 4.45 and 5 to 5.45, TBA signings 5 and 6. Huh. Collectible cards will be back again for the third year in a row if you want to get those, which are cool. Yeah, You basically cool. get those to make a full deck by going and seeing different games and different panels. Um, and uh, there will be merch as well, which we're excited about as well. And, and some of the plushies they're showing are dynamite. Let me see. Oh, Parappa. I want the I have Sackboy plushie, but I want the Sackboy plushie. Okay, so that's it for number one. I just thought I'd get everyone caught up. We hope to see you there at PlayStation Experience 2016 in Anaheim, California. I think that's how they say it. Don't it's, it's very much how they say it. And if you can't join us there, remember Saturday, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Watch along and then reaction stream and all that jazz. Number two. No Man's Sky has gotten its first substantial update nearly four months after the game launched on both PlayStation 4 and PC. Hello Games is calling this update 1.1 the foundation update with more updated promises with more updates. I'm sorry promised for the future. I'm going to go ahead and correct that for you for me. As the developer points out seven smaller patches were released in the six weeks after the game's release. While the th- nearly three months since then, the team, quote, has been hard at work on development, testing, and certification for the Foundation update. It won't be our biggest update, but it is the start of something, end quote. The studio continued saying, quote, the discussion around No Man's Sky since release has been intense and dramatic. We have been quiet, but we are listening and focusing on improving the game that our team loves and feels so passionately about. Positive or negative feedback, you have been heard, and that will truly help to make this a better game for everyone, end quote. 
Um, so interesting news in there is that there will be a bigger update uh, <laughs> in the future. Apology writes into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can. It says, if there is to be an update someday for No Man's Sky, do you think we'll see it at the Game Awards, a public mea culpa, so on and so forth? Then he came back and edited it, and he said, and now, since the V1.1 update has dropped and I've already played it, the question can change. Will this be enough for folks? Would anything be? What should Hello Games do from here to win people back? Now, the update, I read about it on Kotaku the morning it went up there. Sounds cool. You know, they're going through changing the, the way planets work in certain ways so things aren't as rare, da, da, da. But the base building stuff actually looked neat, unlike Fallout, where it looked like it shoved in. And a game where I'm exploring planets, setting up my own base seems neat, and if I can expand it. I haven't jumped into play it yet. I was too busy this weekend. Um... Is it going to be enough for people? Of course not. I don't. Can anything ever be enough for this? No. No Man's Sky is always going to be the butt of the joke. I don't. I don't. I don't think it could possibly go far enough into the future, full circle enough with the next big update to ever make people go, "All right, we got there in the end." Because even this, like when this update went out, all the comp, you know, Sean Murray tweeted again finally, and he was just like, "Um." If it was something effective, if you knew what it was like on the other side of this, we're very proud of this, whatever. Mm-hmm. And people are like, next time, think about you know releasing a game with things in it and da da da. There's so much hurt and vitriol and anger already out there that I don't think you can go through and fix that, fix that burn. No, I I said on on Colin and Greg live this morning when we discussed it for the first time because we just got back from the break that there is no good option for them. So out of all of the bad options available, this is the best one Mm -hmm. that you can't, they can't just hello games. I think will never release another game. And so uh, at least under that name and with this team, how, how can they possibly get away with that? I mean, like, like the, the, and I'm not saying they can do what you want. They can get away with it, but I would never buy a hello games game. Uh, like until I saw out in the wild. Like they're, they're going to be hurt. They ruined themselves for this. And, 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 and I've said in the past that, hyperbole aside they really did fuck this up and they're not the only ones culpable sony's totally culpable for this too um and i would say again and i'll say it again mainstream game media is totally responsible for this uh hyping this game through the roof i remember as clear as day seeing this game for the first time in e3 at one game of the show from a bunch of sites and i'm like why it's not it, there's no way this game can deliver what it's saying it can deliver i knew that from the beginning i think i feel like i was one of the only people that wasn't disappointed because i said from the beginning I'm like there's no way that this game is what you think it is. Yeah. And as people said, a mile long and an inch deep, and that's what it was. And uh, so I feel like that media culpability has to be brought up on this as well. Sony's PR culpability of getting involved in this game and making it sound cool and giving it all this E3 time. They really didn't do Hello Games any any uh, any favors, but Hello Games didn't do itself any favors either. Sean Murray certainly did, didn't do its, do himself any favors. And as I said, when when this all started and we kind of were more, we had a more reserved tenor about it. We were like, we don't really know, and where's the information? But I, I will again point to Jim Sterling's, I think, very fair video that he did on the Jimquisition, where he's like, well, this does seem kind of out of control, right? But here is what he said about X, Y, and Z, and he did, you know, it does seem like they lied, or at least, uh, lie is a strong word. I don't know if they lied. They intend, they had, they had big intentions that were not seen into the game, and that's not uncommon. You always hear about how the sequel is often the realization of what the game's supposed to be, and that most of what's supposed to be in the game gets cut out. And we, we know a lot of developers, we know how that goes, but. They really did screw this game up, but I don't know if it was just them. I think that if this was an indie game for $40, a Witness-style price point, 
um, with very little exposure or less exposure, with less promises made, with less of a lead time. This is a great example of a game that needed to go away for a long time instead of being shown over and over again. I think that people would have accepted it for what it was, but because the media insisted on hyping it so much and because uh, people you know, in in insisted on this being something that it clearly wasn't going to be and because Hello Games continued to promise things that weren't in the game and talk about things that weren't in the game, well, that was a maelstrom of fucked, you know? So they, what are they supposed to do? They only have a few options. They either stop working on the game and walk away from it, which I just don't think is allowed. And, and possibly with Sony, with contracts signed with Sony and stuff, they probably have to patch it and they probably had things that they wanted to get into the game to begin with. Or they, they work on it the way they're working on it and at least, that's, they, at least they look honorable. I mean, the thing about it is I, what we have to try to separate all the time, right, is the vocal minority and how many people are burned as bad as they wouldn't buy it again. Well, you know what I mean? I would buy a Hello Games game again. Be, again, though, I would buy. I don't know if I would buy what they're selling on E3's stage, which I didn't back then either. When they did this, and people were saying that, and I was like, "Wait, the Joe Danger team is making in uh, a world that never ends and has infinite planets in it." Like that doesn't sound right. I remember heard what, and I don't remember what E3 it was, but I remember you and me being on the same team arguing for some other PlayStation exclusive, probably of that should have been game of the show because it actually showed more gameplay than what list. it was. <laughs> and so that was the thing of like. I, th all that aside, I enjoyed No Man's Sky, but and, and I always go back to the fact though that I my expectations had always been, what the fuck is this game? You're not making a case for it. And then when me and Kevin actually got to go play it, I was like, oh okay, I haven't been paying attention to this. I'm not running off trying to think about being a space pirate or whatever. I'm thinking about running around scanning shit. And when that game came out, that's what I did. I ran around scanning shit. And I was like, all right, fine. I think there's enough people who are like that who played it and it wasn't for them or this, that, and the other. I think there's the vocal minority that is super riled up and thinks he's a liar and they're going to do this and they're going to say mean things on Twitter and do all that horrible shit. Somewhere in the middle is the truth in terms of like what the actual... I think everyone knows... If you were to ask the general populace and have a vote, No Man's Sky was a failure, right? Period. I think that's what it's going to be. But I don't think the failure or the failings were so egregious that you have a people who are never ever going to do. I mean, look how many how many chances did Peter Molyneux get before sure. everybody was like, "Yo, no, no, dude, we're not playing this ever again." That's true, but I do disagree that I, I, I you know, I was talking to Dig and my brother about this this past week, where we were, I was like, I can't think of a bigger, high, more high profile catastrophe mm. actually in games, like really. And people, some people were being like, "Well, what about Alien Colonial Marines or something?" Yeah. I'm like, "Well, I don't know that it was even this high profile. I don't know that we had any real expectations for the game. It was a bad game, but I don't remember the I don't remember being this crazy." Um, you know, some people were bringing up even Mighty Number no. Nine or something. I'm like, no, again, like the, the, the those games weren't on E3 stages at first party conferences mm, mm. with massive first party banners and commercials and marketing and PR first party PR taking over for the game and all this kind. Of, I'm like, mm, I, I I think this is one of the most catastrophic failures in games ever. And, where do you put and, it up? Where do you compare it to the order? Well, the order. I mean, and, and honestly, the order is a better game. I mean, like mm. from what I played of. At least the order had a purpose and a beginning and an end. And, you know, they didn't really not deliver what they said they were going to deliver. We just had higher hopes for, in other words, like ruin those, uh, you know, ruin those guys had a vision that I don't think was realized because they were so obsessed with the technical fidelity of the yeah. game, which was great. But the game didn't turn out well because it's five hours long and they had a compelling, there was something there. They just didn't realize it. I, I think the order 1886 is a better game than no man's sky. And I would much, if I had to prefer one or the other, I would or recommend one or the other. I'd recommend the order 1886. At least it's a game, you know? And you know, I played uh no man's sky for, I don't know, five hours or less. Yeah. 
And I knew I didn't like it from the beginning. And I tried to give it my, my, my all. I didn't like it because of what it was. I did not like it because of what I thought it was going to be or what they didn't promise. I didn't even know. I didn't really yeah. care. I wasn't paying well, attention. Well, see, doesn't that come down? Because I'm the opposite, right? Where I would totally <laughs> pick No Man's Sky over The Order. And like, not, not that I hate The Order. Uh, the no Man's Sky, again, and I know this is... But I guess, again, throwing out all the marketing bullshit and who failed where and all these different things, right? No Man's Sky delivered what I wanted it to deliver. A chill experience of going around. It's the same, it's the same reason, right, why you don't like play Minecraft, right? Like you don't want to just go around and explore and make up your yeah, own not, game, and, and make up your own world. It's also the reason why I think, um, in a way that I, I that I feel like I didn't like Dragon Quest Builders either that much. I I, sure. dele- I actually deleted it. I think off my Vita because I was like, "You're never going back." I'm to never it. going back to this yeah. game. Like, See, that's the thing is for me, No Man's Sky. I didn't play the patch this week, but even before the patch, I've been wanting to get back to No Man's Sky. I want to just go chill out and listen to podcasts again and go through and get get the best ship and figure out, you know, I have like the silver trophy for walking or whatever. So I'm on my way to the gold one and all this other shit. shit. Like, that's the thing of like, I still like that game. I still find the qualities, but it's very similar. To, like every time, you know, we get uh, people yell in the comments, right? Of like, they're sick of hearing the question of like, I just bought a Vita. What should I play? Or should I buy a Vita? Or should I buy a PlayStation 4? Like, it's about what your personal preference is. Right. If you want the... You know, if you want a story and you want the technical fidelity and you want it to look like, you know, the order, then I would definitely tell you to go by the order if that's your kind of game. I would never recommend to you, you know, No Man's Sky or Minecraft or whatever. That was what was so interesting about Dragon Quest Builders is that it was a, you know, you know, part a game type you're not a big fan of fused with a game world you love. Yeah, that I really wanted to love. I'm, I'm looking uh, here on because uh, you were saying like a vocal minority, but is it? I mean, that's that's the I'm big- talking about the I'm talking. I think I think that I think that again, it's not the vocal minority of it was a disappointment. They didn't live up to their word. I'm talking about the people who feel so burned. They would never buy another Hello Games game again. And I think that it also is your what I think the future of Hello Games is this is that they will continue to work on No Man's Sky expansions. They will con- continue to work on updates. They will continue to build the, the game and they will try to make this a redemption story. And I think the redemption story wins enough people over that. Yeah, they get to make another game. They get to do another thing, but it'll be looked at more as all right, cool. You're not going to be on E3. You're, you are making another Joe Danger. You're not out there making this game that clearly got away from everyone and nobody knew what the hell they were actually doing until it was too late. I'm looking at i think you could be right first of all but i'm looking at just because we only have anecdotal evidence right that's the anecdotal evidence that you get about well is it vocal minority who really dislikes the game and stuff like that well i'm on steam Mm -hmm. but this is the same yeah seventy-eight thousand eight hundred nineteen reviews marked mostly negative sure uh but most recent reviews are mostly negative yeah uh and i can't because i i have literally no fucking idea how to use steam yeah so I know that there's a way to see how many concurrent players there are and what the the max is and all that. I have no idea to look at that. Uh, but as far as I understand, with with things that were going on a long time ago, like that that number is catastrophically bad. Like, well, like, and, uh, and, yeah, and, it might, yeah. and it might be, be better. It might be better now that the you know, updates. Sure, out. sure, sure. But again, this is going into the YouTube comments. By that, then the people who watch this show hate it. The people who watch our content hate us. You know what I mean? And I, granted, a lot of you fuckers do, and we don't give a shit. Look at us. But. I think that's they the keep thing. coming back for some reason. <laughs> it's the thing I talk, another, for another week. It's always my argument with me and Yelp reviews, right? Where when I have a, I noticed on Yelp that I was only reviewing when I was mad, when I was angry, when I felt like I had been wronged. I think there's a lot of people out there who feel that way. Don't get me wrong, but I think there's just as many people who bought No Man's Sky and were like, "Oh, this isn't the game I wanted it to be," but it's not terrible. It's not fucked. It's not. It, the, the, it's it, just boring. 
It's not the, I mean, the same <laughs> people would say that about Minecraft, right? I mean, like that's, I think there's a, and I'm not saying No Man's Sky is Minecraft. Clearly Minecraft's a better game. Maybe one day with some of these updates, they get to where they should be. But I'm saying, I, I don't think the earth's been salted. I think if there's one thing video game, if one thing people like it's a redemption story. And so if it is Sean Murray dying on the cross here and his team working in silence for X number of months, X number of years, making all these updates, finally getting to a point where he's going to sit down with Patrick Klepek and give him like a four hour long interview where they ask everything and figure out what happened. Da, da, and he apologizes and says, you know, they fucked up and they've learned so much and da, 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 da. Then you add another two years of development time to that of them working on another project and someone believing in them. Cause again, whether you think the game was boring, whether you think the game was interesting and fun and not obviously compelling in the same way uncharted four is compelling. I think there is a publisher out there who would still be like, oh, okay, cool. Let's give you another shot. Cause there's enough maybe fucking crazy ass developers who have made fucking terrible games that continue to make games. Sure. I, I, my theory based on the, the heightened nature of social media and the unforgiving nature of the consumer is that, um, at the worst, uh, he has joined the ranks of Phil Fish, Dennis Dyack, Peter Molyneux, just never again going to be accepted mm-hmm. part of, you know, now Phil Fish made hyper, whatever the fuck it's called, Super Barbecue, but, uh, which is a great game, but, uh, those guys, you know, so at the very worst, it's going to be on that level at the very best, they're going to be in some sort of purgatory. Sean Murray is no longer a Tim Schaefer or a Cliffy B or like one of these guys that can do no wrong that everyone's really now he's at worst in purgatory. Um, with the likes of, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know. Even David Jaffe would be one of those guys, right? Our friend David Jaffe. Like some people really just don't like David Jaffe. Some sure. people do. He's a well, I mean, you said you threw, you know, can do no wrong. Cliff Lezinski, man. People are polarized on Cliffy B. I feel like Cliffy B just does and says whatever he wants in his game. I agree. Great. And that's why, but I mean, that's also how you get away from all this. You know what I mean? Like it's the same way we keep doing When does Cliffy B delivered a bad game though? Oh, not a bad. Oh, I mean, people don't like his games for sure. Yeah, but they're good. So, I mean, like that's just Gears of War is good. Yeah. So my point is, is I don't know. I, I think we're getting into a little, little bit in the weeds here. I just think that Sean Murray is, you know, I mean, don't have, they're on a razor's edge right now in terms of what they do and how they f- spin this and how they get out of this. The, the only way out is hard work and eating your fucking hat for a long time now and understanding that. Yeah. Like, you know, you're talking about Phil Fish. Uh, he just made Super Hypercube, which I didn't even know. I didn't even know he was behind that game. And that's how it's going to have to be for Sean Murray. Right. Like until he comes out and has delivers this interview where it is hey this is everything that went wrong let's talk in an open honest let's have all these conversations blah, blah 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 he has to just be in the background but then i say that but again i mean how many you're you bring up dennis dyack like dennis dyack had a bunch of chances it wasn't like he did one bad game and everybody's like you're over same thing with uh, molyneux right peter molyneux had a whole bunch of chances before people were like all right what the hell but even now peter molyneux i feel probably could make another game and it'll probably get headlines and it'll probably do this. And oh, would people buy it? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll see. You know, I'm not saying that, by the way, that Sean Murray deserves this kind of treatment. But I'm just saying that everyone's always looking for a scapegoat. or And I think that Sean Murray didn't do himself any favors by not defending the game. Their silence. Uh, that, no, their silence correct. was really That was a huge mistake on their part. Like, th- they really should have came out and been like, we believe in this game. And this game is good. And there are people that enjoy it. And we're going to update it. And here's what we're doing. Instead of going away in silent, a very cowardly kind of move, in my opinion. Um, to just tuck tail and, and run like that. No, you're you're you, that's the nail on the head. I don't I mean, of just I don't know if it's not understanding social media or how to communicate with the community, but that's totally what they should have done is. Yeah, that it comes out. People are flipping out and been there responding not to every comment, but to the giant broad strokes. Right. And like when there are when a video like from Jim comes up, not you. That's the whole thing of where this went wrong. Right. The well has been poisoned. 
And it's, it, how much do they want to go through and fix this? I'm talking as if I was there and how I would fix it and how what I would do and come to the community hat in hand and all these different things. You know, if Jim put up that video, I would have put up a video responding to or talking to or reach out to Jim and be like, hey, you want to interview me about this? Not in a not shot for shot like you put up this video now. Hey, fuck you, Jim Sterling. It, w- it would have been like, hey, I want to actually he brought up all these points, which are really great. And I want to tell you why you don't see other players. And I want to tell you why there aren't these animals that you saw before. And I want to sh- run you through right now what our update plan is and where we're going, and what we're doing. And we're working on this update 1.1. You know, that's going to get out there and do all these different things and blah, blah, blah. I would be they need to be over communicating everything if they hope to turn this around. I don't think they ever will. I think I don't think they're ever going. I don't I'm not saying this has a happy ending. I'm just saying I don't think it's as bleak right now as it could be. I think they they have a chance to do this. I don't think they will come out in the end and be like back to all right. Great. We're going and everything's fantastic. I think they'll make more games as hello games. We'll see. Yeah, Yeah, I, I, I there is no right or wrong. I don't think we'll ever see another hello hello games game though. like I I I maybe maybe I don't think Sean Murray's done. I don't think a lot of those people are done. I don't even know anyone else at the studio, but I just don't know. I just don't think so. Yeah, but we'll see. I don't. Th- I do agree with you that I don't think a publisher would work with them. But we're talking about something like five hundred five games or something. Not someone. Sony is about as big as a guess, and they really did shit the bed. But I do again say that Sony's complicit. They had something. Yeah, they knew. Number three. Telltale has broken its silence about the third season of The Walking Dead. Yay. Episode one of the five season, uh, five episode arc, rather called The Walking Dead: A New Frontier. Launches on December 20th for $4.99 and will be available on both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3 <gasps> as well as everywhere as well as elsewhere. A season pass will cost $24.99. A retail version of the game will be released on February 7th, though only episode one is likely to be available at that time with access granted to the other episodes thereafter as they're released. 100%. Yay. Are you excited? Yeah, I am. I got to get back to two and I'm, I'm wondering I if say, I should just go back. Did you finish two? No, I didn't even start it. Okay. I played one on PS3 in 2000. 12 so that's the last time i played a walking dead game. gotcha and then i played a little bit on vita in like 2013 but i just it just didn't run yeah so i think i might just start it again on ps4 so my shit will carry through gotcha number four that's another one you gotta put on your list by the way batman batman will be oh wrapped. batman's uh, batman, batman will be wrapped sure. up by the holiday yeah, you gotta yep, get yep, in yep, it definitely. it's good episode four was good definitely Game number four. Game Informer has been running quite a few interesting details about Mass Effect Andromeda in the last week or so. Uh, just to, as an aside, you should go read Game Informer for the full details. This is a very distilled version of what they've been talking about. For starters, as we heard, Andromeda brings back Mass Effect 3 style multiplayer. Game Informer says the multiplayer's, quote, framework is similar, but Bioware is, uh, <clears throat> but Bioware is making some key changes to make the experience deeper and more rewarding for players of all skill levels, end quote. The big changes seem to focus on the quickness and fluidity of the experience, as well as giving players more reasons to stick around and, uh, and keep playing and leveling up and various character alterations. So basically what they're saying is uh, the game should be faster. One of the cool things, or one of the things, it's not cool, one of the things about Mass Effect 3 is that you can kind of, because it was very Horde mode-like, is that you can kind of plant yourself in certain places. There's a lot more going on to make you keep moving. Um, powers are tied to individuals instead of like a, a cooldown that's tied to the group, which is, is interesting. Um, and there's like prestige leveling and regular leveling, which are separate from each other mm-hmm. to give you more reasons to play. So there's things like that. The big changes seem to focus on, oh, I'm sorry. You liked multiplayer in Mass Effect the last time around, It was right? fine. Yeah. It's one of the, it was one of the rare ones I thought you played, or was it just because you were reviewing it? I was reviewing it, so gotcha. I had to play as for the far more important single player campaign, loyalty yeah. missions are returning, which yeah. we talked about, as well as ground vehicle called the Nomad, which feeds into a far more expansive planetary map with enemy bases and lots of more to discover and overcome. Yeah. Bless you. Excuse me. I never sneeze. It's weird. It's, it's ominous, actually. Um, so uh, maps are much more expansive. There's ways to like send forward teams to find enemy bases. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit going on there as well. EA's origin store currently has three versions of the game listed. 
a standard edition for $59.99, a deluxe edition for $69.99 that will come with some armor and weapon sets and a digital version of the game's soundtrack, and a super deluxe edition for $99.99 that comes with everything from the deluxe edition plus 20 weeks worth of co-op premium packs. I think you get one per week, if I read that correctly. So some aspect stuff coming out. Still no release date. All right, and you're with me now, right? Something's wrong. Yes. Okay. This, this ain't coming in spring. I think it probably will. But I think that they are trying to nail the date down. I think that that date that was leaked in the Dark Horse comic is probably the real date. But I think they're probably nervous about it. I think it's obvious. It's going to get delayed. Number five. According to GameStop, which listened into an earnings call for the retailer GameStop. So let me write this down because I actually wrote it. So according to GameSpot, which listened into an earnings call for retailer GameStop. Got it. PlayStation 4 Pro is, quote, off to a strong starting at the retailer. PlayStation VR sales are also reported to be good. The biggest takeaway, however, is that Call of Duty Infinite Warfare has, quote, underperformed, end quote, though to what extent remains to be seen. Meanwhile, Games Industry International reports that PlayStation 4 had its strongest week since the console launched in the UK. Makes sense. Yeah. So why you have some a new reason you have a reason to buy it. This is what I was talking about with Pro, right? If you know, if you go out and buy a Pro. And you already owned a PlayStation 4, and there's a PlayStation 4 you weren't going to buy. Sure. That's true. And finally, number six. It looks like the division has been quietly making a comeback, mounting player numbers comparable to its launch window. The word comes by way of PCGamesN.com, which parrots a statement from Ubisoft. That statement says, quote, since the release of patch 1.4, we went back to the daily active users we had at launch because people were so impressed. People realized we meant what we said. Some players left the game earlier than what we thought. Then we had to make that tough call. Do we keep providing them with extra content or do we stop everything for a while, settle down, fix everything? And then once the game is where it should be, then we start providing more content. And this is what we did. And the community was super happy about it, even though they were disappointed at first that we had to push back the next DLC releases, end quote. So it looks like The Division, similar to another Ubisoft game, Rainbow Six Siege, yeah. is uh, showing again. some extra life, yeah. Yeah. which I think is very, very nice. No, that was one of the things uh, I was... The other day, I was getting a hankering to play The Division, and then when we were talking to Alfredo about what this patch did, I was like, huh, fuck, maybe I gotta hit up that old Fran Mirabella the third, see if he wants to climb back out there. Because if you sit down and you fix your game, people respond positively. Hello, games. That's it for the news. There are There's no wrap-up this week. Again. Why? You slacking there's off? no there's just no new games to announce. <clears throat> okay. I see how you're doing. Not it. that I care about it anyway. No. Now usually this is where I give you a little funny segue and we would do the upcoming list. I say we pause that, we do topic of the show. Sure. Tim Gettys. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for joining us, please. Of course you're on the PSX panel with us. Mm-hmm. We thought it only fitting to bring you in to bring these. You gotta get right of these microphones. I know you've never used them before. I don't know. This is weird to me. Yeah? yeah. It would be in this position, getting over here. Everything about this is weird. It feels super dead on. I've never sat here. Oh, you never in the middle? Uh, I don't think Look so. you. Straight in the middle. Mm. Big boy today in the big chair. Yeah. Um, Tim, mm-hmm. you of course host the Gamescast. Thank you for doing yes, that. Yes. Uh, you also have played the most Final Fantasy 15. Before we get into the topic of the show of our PSX predictions, mm-hmm. I want to know what you think of Final Fantasy 15. I absolutely love this game so far. Yeah. Has issues for sure. This is not necessarily the game that I waited 10 years for. Okay. But the game that I got is I'm very happy with it. Uh, it's it's fun. And I mean that both from a gameplay perspective, but also from a atmosphere, story, character perspective. And I think that that's different than what Final Fantasies have typically done. Gotcha. Um, I think the last time we kind of really saw that was Final Fantasy X-2 uh, when they did the whole J-pop, K-pop girl band thing but that still kind of had the super ridiculous anime storyline um and the characters they sang and danced but 
that felt completely disconnected to the story. Okay. It makes like, sense here. Here in the ma- boy band. Yeah, exactly. But it's but it's not a boy band. It's bros. Yeah. It's bros going on a road trip. And I mean, the fact that this game starts off with the car breaking down. A lot of these things we've seen in bits and pieces over over the years. But it starts off with the the car being broke down. They're all bitching at each other and just talking shit like friends would. Yeah. So many bad jokes. So much stupid puns. It's like it reminds me of us a lot. Like, and that's cool. You Do know, they have like a Kevin. Uh, we, I don't think we've met Kevin yet. Okay. Unless Cindy, the the sexy mechanic, might be. Yeah, she's might got be Kevin. Some boobies hanging out. She does. It's uh, it's a little weird. Yeah, it um, is a little weird. She that's she's the much. VR experience too, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she is. Oh, that's nice. Um, but it's, I want to see that experience. It's it's great, man. I mean, I'm <laughs> good. I'm glad you're. I'm glad to the hype for me. I'm glad. The the thing that I didn't like was the downloads and the, mm. the amount of patches, the amount of freaking ridiculousness. But you know, once that all came through, I'm two hours in. Um, I want to do nothing in my life but play. So that's a good sign. I, I just like it. it. It feels. I was telling Colin this earlier on Colin Greg Live. I like how it feels less like a typical JRPG with the all the tropes and stuff. And it kind of doesn't it ever feel like a parody, which I think is important. It kind of feels like it's like they're like, all right, we do need to change some things up, but gotcha. not go fully Western. But it feels Western in presentation, which I think is an important thing. This feels like a triple A game. And okay. I, I, I think that's cool because uh, back on the PS2, Final Fantasy felt like that. When Final Fantasy X was coming out, that was like a big thing of like this. That was a huge deal. And then once the you know 12, 13, 14, whatever, it Final Fantasy kind of became less of a marquee title. And mm. I think that this is really going to bring it back. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm sure you can stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, to the games cast and Colin Greg Live for the next two months as we all play through this game. And try to go through mm-hmm. and figure out mm-hmm. what the hell's going on. Uh, I can't wait for you to play. I'm excited. I'm to looking see what forward to. I'm at that point. I'm at that. Uh, do I just want to? I I feel like I got to just commit and get these goddamn Watchdogs trophies done. Yeah. Three mission trophies left. One online multiplayer. One and I'm done. I agree. I think you should do okay. that first. Thanks. So Give me back. a pound. To to not go too long on the Final Fantasy thing. I just want to say it's before you play the game. Yeah. Uh, the the characters and story interaction Noctis. like Noctis. stories might not even be the right right term to use because like so far the story's been pretty light but yeah. more just like the characters in the world building that combined with the ridiculous amount of side quests and just go kill these things go get this it's like that's it's a Greg Miller game Ooh, yeah. that's exciting and also Noctis's name reminds me of Knockwurst and that makes me like think about sausages and such yes. ladies and gentlemen it's time to play everyone's favorite kind of funny game predictions. This is where we will give you five predictions from each one of us for PSX 2016. And then Mitchell Morgan, M-Dog himself out there, will tabulate the results, get down to the decimal point for Colin, and we will dis- decide who wins. To remind you, I won the E3 predictions. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No. Yeah, it's true. That happened. You can go listen to that episode. Tim, back me up. I believe you. Thank you very much. I've never lost. I don't think that's true. I don't know about that one. You know what I mean? Like, I think you, you lost the E3 predictions, and I'm pretty sure even back in the day, like, Sam Bishop would beat us, and Vincent Genito would beat us, and then they wouldn't be on that show. So then we just had to debate, though, who uh, on the results show. Well, that's one way of looking at it, I guess. All right, well, Mitchell Morgan, keep us all honest, as always. Colin, as the man who lost the E3 predictions, would you like to start? Sure. Number one. In coordination with the release of Rogue One, Sony will announce a new gamut of Star Wars games on PlayStation Network, including trophy-enabled versions of the of Super the Empire Strikes Back and Super Return of the Jedi. That's a good one. That's huh. a good one. I think it's a little. That's a little out there. I don't know. They released four of them last year, so or earlier this year. So I think that they will just get another whole whole set of them. Hmm. I think Super Empire is pretty safe. Well, it won't necessarily happen maybe here, but I I think it's possible. Yeah. 
I like that. I, I like it. I like it. It's, it's an interesting one. It's not one of the because I feel like each one of us have one that is very specific to each of us that we all make. So we know we're all staying away from each other. We're exactly. staying clear no, on those. We definitely are. All right. What do you got for me, Tim, on your first prediction? So my first prediction is Crash Bandicoot Remastered Collection. We'll get a trailer showing gameplay, showing off all that stuff for the first time. Obviously, they want to stay stay away from the Skylander stuff because they did that at E3. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to step on that with showing the trailer for this because then everyone would have been excited about this. Although I will say, I haven't talked about this yet. I played the Crash Bandicoot Skylanders thing yesterday for the first time. Yeah. They nailed a lot of stuff in that. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's still Skylanders. Does it go so Uga it's Booga? a little... They, yeah, they do. They like a lot of that stuff. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. So I'm very excited about that. In addition to the predictions, though, and I, yeah. I feel like that's a surefire prediction. Yeah, th- that's gonna that's what that's yours. You've been hanging that, that, out. That has for a while. to happen. Um, but in addition to my predictions, I'm also doing the patented Tim Getty's Year of Dreams Get Hyped moment, brought to you by Gatorade for each one of these. Um, <laughs> Crash Team Racing being added to the thing. Now here's the thing: you're going to say that's impossible. I heard you, Colin. You say it's impossible. That's a lot. Of it. That's and, a lot I, of it. and I do, I do agree that I think it is impossible. Sure. But it's important to note that this is the Year of Dreams and. Fucking anything's possible at this point. So if I will these things into existence, I'm so now good. for to clarify for the Judge Mitchell Morgan. Yes, your every one of these you have a Gatorade hashtag mm-hmm. Your Dreams moment on mm-hmm. there. Is that part of the real prediction, or is this should this just be a pie in the sky, whatever? I mean, I'm making predictions here. So you're adding them in. These are all the decimal points. In Why there. the right. fuck not? You know. All right, cool. I like that. Uh, I'm gonna start for my first prediction with one that I've been saying for a long time now. Uncharted 4 single-player DLC is revealed, and, and I'm saying it's a nice play session on stage. I'm saying they say spring 2017 right off the bat. Okay. I agree. It's time. I think, it's, I think they're ready. Right. I also think top of the show. Yeah. My only my concern with my own prediction, which I'm not changing, is that it might be a trailer instead of a play, a, an actual play session. But I think you do what you have Bruce out there with the controller in hand. See, that's interesting because Sony at E3 this year... Trailer, 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 trailer. Yeah. No gameplay. But this is PSX. It is PSX. PSX is a little weird and inconsistent, though, with some of those things. I'm ha- I'm excited about this year because last year, or so far, we've had E3. The Paris Game Week, not too much going on. Mm-hmm. TGS, mm-hmm. not too much going on. Sure. Gamescom, nothing going on. Then there was the, the PlayStation 4 Pro conference, which looking back on now that we're past it, I'm happy nothing happened. Because now things are going to happen here. I agree. So I'm going to say tra- I'll, I'll go with the trailer. I agree with the trailer part of this. Mm-hmm. Start Gameplay. off with Gameplay start sesh. Off with the trailer, and it's about Sully and Sam. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Colin. Number two. Number two. Sucker Punch's new game will be the conference's end cap. It's neither infamous related nor open world and represents both an all new IP for Sony and an all new direction for the studio. Mm. Now, when you say how much do you think the trailer gives away? Uh, I don't know. I, I think that uh, maybe something akin to Spider-Man where you kind of can assume what it is without seeing it. I don't think it's going to be open world. I don't think it's going to be and obviously anything to do with any of the infamous products. Sure. I think it's going to be I think Sucker Bunch's next game is going to be a linear experience. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. okay. I hope that's true. Because okay. when I look at the slate of games all I see are open world games. Sure. And I just don't know. God of War is now open world or at least semi like Tomb Raider-ish. Uh, Days Gone, obviously, open world. Horizon, open world. I mean, how many of these games do you possibly want? So I think Soccer Punch's new game will be revealed, and I think it's uh, not infamous related, new IP, linear game. Okay. Timothy, number two. Number two for me. You know, obviously, people people get crazy. We're talking about Capcom. They're, people are talking about Devil May Cry 5. You know, and yeah. you're like, no, come on. They're talking about Remake 2. You're crazy. That shit ain't happening here. 
Marvel versus Capcom 4. So many rumors flying out there. People are believing. Am I caught up in the hype? Yeah, I'm caught up in the hype. I believe. I fucking believe. There's been so much fiascos going on with the licensing and like the whole bullshit between Marvel and Capcom with uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and all that stuff going bad. I was telling Colin this earlier. I believe that Marvel is trying to do for games what it did with its movies. So the MCU, they're trying to do something like that with games, come out, and the best foot forward would be Marvel vs. Capcom 4 because that's a franchise people can trust is going to be good. You get that out, you get the Spider-Man game out, you get all that. Sounds like a good time. Mm-hmm. So I believe that it's real. Okay. I believe that it's real. Now the question is, will it be at the conference or will it be at the Capcom Cup Grand Finals? Because that's the rumor going around. Ah, okay. That's the rumor going around. Now my patented Tim Gettys Year of Dreams Get Hype Moment brought to you by Gatorade. At the conference, we see a Street Fighter trailer for Street Fighter Five, whatever they're going to call this, the new round of Street Fighter Five, Wave 2 or whatever. See Ryu, see Ken, they're fighting, they're doing their thing. Marvel character comes in. Spider-Man swings in, Iron Man flies, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's like, oh shit, it's a swerve. Marvel's Capcom 4, that's great. But then, just like Street Fighter Five being uh, PlayStation 4 exclusive, except for the PC stuff. Um, Which worked really We're going to get that. And you know, there's a lot of rumors about PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2. I say fuck it, nip it in the bud. Marvel vs. Capcom vs. PlayStation. You don't even need to call it that. It could be still be Marvel vs. Capcom 4. Pretty cool. But you get those awesome. characters. Yeah, that yeah, would yeah. solve the problems because PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale sucks. And it wasn't Smash Bros. and it should have been. Um, but if they go into this, they're in a good fighting game. You can you don't need to pad your roster with a bunch of shit characters. Get Who the is the shit character in there? You're gonna tell me Toro shit I'm character? I'm not talking about Toro. I love Toro. Thank you very much. But uh, Sir Daniel Fortescue. You're going to talk about the the history, the lineage of PlayStation 1? Sweet tooth in his mind? We got to get them in this game. That'd be great. Okay. So there you go. Okay. My second prediction. I have a lot of good ones on here. I'm not going to lie, Colin. I fucking knocked it out of the park this year. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Mm, One I've already, I've amended while we were doing this. And I got to figure out the wording I want on it. Because I know you'll pull some, uh, Mitchell Morgan, he'll hold me to whatever I say. So let me figure out the wording for that. That'll be number three. What I'm going to say right now for number two is one I've said before or two. Drawn to Death is re-revealed on stage and then it's released on stage. This is drawn to death. It's this much. It's this price point of a game now. It's a full fledged thing. Here, are all the characters show this thing. You liked it at the last PSX, and guess what, everybody? It's available right now for you to go play. Goodbye. It's possible. It better be. I don't like it, but it's possible. Colin, number three. Number three. New PlayStation Four sales figures will be revealed, bringing the console to fifty million units sold. Uh, for a context, in September thirty on September thirtieth, it was forty seven million units. So they'll come out and say PS4 sold past 50 million units worldwide, including with the Pro, of course. That's it. Okay. I think that's pretty safe here. Timmy, number three. So PSX has a history. Trolling. They like to troll. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. But their trolling has led to some amazing things. First off, first PSX, Final Fantasy VII. Hey, we're getting a Final Fantasy. Oh, it's just. On PlayStation 4. Then at E3, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Last year, Sean Layden, Crash Bandicoot shirt. No Crash Bandicoot. Then E3, Crash Bandicoot. So my prediction is there will be a troll of that level where they'll be hinting at something somehow, and then that will be then announced at E3. Mm, like okay. Now, uh, this is going to be an interesting one because if we, if, <laughs> if all this, if it, we you give you the .5 now, the possibility of a mm, .5 down the road. I'm not here to win. I'm here to fucking have fun and get hyped, motherfuckers. All right, here's the deal. 
So obviously, what, Sean Lee, I don't, I don't think they'll do the T-shirt thing again. But maybe they will. Yeah, they saw success with it. Yeah. So does he come out in a in a PS All Star shirt, in a Jet uh, Moto shirt, in an Jet Ape Moto. Escape shirt, in a Parappa shirt? No. The patented Tim Gettys year dreams get hype moment brought to you by Gatorade. Here's the thing: hype isn't necessarily something that you you really want or care about. It's more about what is going to be the moment that makes you go what? Yeah. Knack motherfucker comes out uh, no, in a knack no, shirt. No, the Sean. internet would lose their fucking minds. Do it. They cut to Mark Sorry. Knack two is in like, de- knack two is in development as far as so, we know. So there you go. Hopefully it never there is you go. strangled in its crib. <laughs> never sees the light of day. Number three. Now stick with me because this is the one I switch around a bit. All right. Big Daddy Geo Corsi comes out. He talks about three to five games coming to Vita. Now this includes cross play things. Like, but he says Vita. Vita is mentioned in this thing. Not only that, this is where I'm going to toss this in, all right? He is going to say, available right now, I'm not announcing these games, I'm just giving you updates. Available right now on the PlayStation Network for the Vita, Salt and Sanctuary, Papers, Please. Hmm. He's going to give you three to five Papers, games. Papers, Please, apparently still in dev. Exactly. Vita. No, exactly. Hey, They're here. working on it for 20 minutes a day every other week. <laughs> hey, three to five games. PlayStation 4, obviously, in this, but they're coming to Vita. You got a Vita games there. And right now, to tide you over, Salt and Sanctuary. Cool. Papers, please. Boop. Colin. Number, th- Number four. four. Sony will announce the phasing out of a PS3 game in the monthly PS Plus library to make room for a monthly free PSVR mm. game. So two PS4, two Vita, one PS3, and one PSVR per month moving forward starting January 2017. Yeah. You love yeah. them little the points, don't you? Yeah, yes. yeah, he does. That's great. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Number mine four, is yeah. also PlayStation VR themed. PSVR Wave Two. We'll see a bit about. You know, we've, <laughs> we've had the first wave. Um, this includes Resident Evil Seven, Battlefront, Final Fantasy Fifteen. We saw a lot of Z Three. I think we're going to get a bit more information. Maybe some release dates, <coughs> something to pad out the rest of the year. Gang Beasts. Tim Schafer's always doing stuff. Double Tim Schafer, always doing stuff. Always up there. But I feel like they're running out of stuff for him to do. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, they've already remastered. Full throttle's coming. Yeah, there so, you go. So that, right. Uh, but my prediction, because I think those are easy, is that there will be a big game announcement for something to look forward to for VR that makes people go, ooh. All right? <laughs> The Patton and Tim Gettys Hero Dreams get hyped. Mitchell Morgan, you can't give him any points for that unless there's a crowd shot of somebody going, ooh. (laughs) Uncharted VR. Some Uncharted (laughs) VR, something or other, some experience, not obviously a crazy thing. Sure, sure, sure. I think that, you know, they already busted the load with the Batman and Star Wars and Final Fantasy and all that stuff at E3. Yeah. I think they need something to keep the VR hype going. And I think Uncharted's the right right tool for that job. I agree. That would definitely be... Maybe something like uh, Tomb Raider, Laura's Nightmare. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something yeah. like that. Go through and investigate Nate's house. Like the attic or... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My number four, Bloodborne 2 is real. It's announced with a dope teaser trailer. 2017 is what they say, but it gets pushed 2018. Man, you screwed two of my predictions. I'm sorry. Should have got out sooner. The only other prediction I have that's not on here is this one, number five. Matterfall's gameplay will be shown off for the first Ooh. time. Ooh. Along with a 2017 release window, likely in Q2 of 2017, it'll be a platformer. Uh, it'll be like Resogun, and it will take place in a in a like an oval. Yeah. Um, but you will be platforming, and what will end up happening is that 
per the name and per what we kind of got out of the trailer. And again, I'm I'm friends with House Mark and and I've talked to them a little bit about things, but I don't know what I've not seen footage of the game. I think it's going to be a, like it's a platform where things are constantly falling and you're constantly changing directions, going back and forth, whatever. So it's going to look like Resogun. Gotcha. That's, right. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Your final prediction. Tim. My final prediction. Yeah. Kojima will be there. Death Stranding will be talked about. Something will be shown. Yeah. Don't think it's going to be anything substantial, obviously. Maybe what engine it's running or like some tech visual or some shit. I think it'll be more than concept art. Okay. Yeah. We'll get some video of some sort. Gotcha. Um, the Pat and Tim Gettys, Your Dreams, Get High Moment brought to you by Gatorade. Which aren't really brought to you by Gatorade, right? Oh, no. I wish. No. <laughs> Just making sure. Oh, yeah, the no, more no, no. you say it, the more like no. genuine it sounds. Like, damn, did he get a Gatorade sponsorship? Every single one should have brought to you by someone else. Uh, but I, I just got question marks. I don't know. I don't know what I wanted there because I was thinking about it. I was like, what would be the thing that'd be like, damn, son? And I was like, what if he talks shit? For standing? For Death Stranding? Yeah. Kojima comes out, you know, talks shit. Some survive. Like, fuck you. If that happens, it'll be at the Game Awards. So that's my only thing. Not, he's not going to use his Death Stranding time to talk shit about someone else. Sure. Yeah, he yeah, could yeah. use his Game Awards time to talk shit about sure. someone else. So I don't know. I don't know. I'll toss you it guys in there. help me get hyped? Yeah. No, I think, I mean, the, you'll get your first cut scene from the game. And it'll be a scene of Norman Reedus talking to that other guy whose name I always forget. Talking to an infant. But you're... <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the invisible <laughs> infant. Baby's I still don't know what the, and yeah, a whale yeah. of some sort. Yeah, yeah. But no, no. Remember, uh, there was the whole thing a few months back of somebody Kojima did a cryptic tweet of a VO booth of a guy and you cut, you saw like the arm of his jacket and then another fan ran into an actor whose name I don't remember like Mads, Mads Mickelson or something like that. Yeah, Maybe that's, that's not right. It is. is it? Okay. Nick was on that calling live. I remember and he knew the actor, but then they, then the fan took a photo with that guy outside of a VO recording studio. And he was wearing that jacket and mm. everybody's like, he's on it. Maybe they have that cutscene ready and that's what they show when they come out and talk about it. Okay. It's right. just, there, I there think they go. should just go away. Where's That's your baby? Where's your invisible baby? Where's your invisible baby? baby. <laughs> All these fucking psycho mantises. I can't wait to see what kind of psychotic shit this game's about. It's gonna be <laughs> My final prediction. Injustice 2 gets a stage demo. They reveal a new character and they possibly give you a PlayStation exclusive character announcement or tease. Where they're like, you're gonna get Bizarro Superman or whatever. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Yeah, I don't think it's not going to be a PlayStation person. So now what we always come in with two extra in the chamber in case we get screwed over. What was which ones that I get? Take I said here? blood. So I, I so if you guys remember when I was at TGS in 2014, I think it was the one I was at where this happened um, or it could have been the year before when I was there. Uh, Gravity Rush 2 was announced in a sizzle reel and they didn't say a word about mm. it for like a year. And I think that uh, I don't think it would be quite that dramatic, but I was going to think that they would show some sort of sizzle reel of games coming out with logos and Bloodborne 2 would have been in there. Gotcha. Um, announced like that. And the other uh, thing was that I think there'll be no more, uh, no fewer than five new Vita games. Ah, okay. Announced. But it seemed a little redundant with your uh, GeoCourcy. Hey, Big Daddy GeoCourcy. Big Daddy GeoCourcy. Big Daddy Cool Geo When you said Big Daddy, I was like, oh, Bioshock announcement. But Oh, see, I thought you Kevin Nash comes out there. So those Big are my Daddy two. Cool. Those are my two. Uh, the ones that weren't used. Right. Tim, did you have anything extra in the chamber? Uh, something Uncharted related, and okay. then the other one is we'll get a Horizon trailer, obviously, and this is a weird prediction, but I think that the game will be delayed, and I think that we will not hear about the delay at PSX, but I think that we will hear about a delay by the end of 2016. Okay. If I hear about a delay of that, Call it's gonna be a little knock, knock, knock. Sean Lane's door at Sony at his office. Not Lola. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Lola, and she's gonna be wondering, "Are you serious? Is that what's really gonna happen here?" And then she's gonna go, Burp. 
and two people are going to come in and, and arrest Sean Lee. And Sean's going to be like, he's going to well, be wearing this his This isn't Vita Island. You don't have jurisdiction here. PlayStation 4 colony. I don't have any get hype for that, though. I just hope my get hype would be I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. My theory is that I just don't know about that. Like, that would be so fucked. That'd oh suck. my god, I'd be so pissed. Suck. I'd be so angry. Uh, my final, the, my, the two I had in the chamber were, and this is like, admittedly, this one's weak. Something until dawn is re- something until dawn related is teased. Ooh. I don't think they got a new game ready, like new but I, I think yeah, they have some kind of teaser. But not trailer. by Supermassive. Yeah, probably right because the the rumor, or not even the rumor, the story is out there that they're working to. on games or whatever, and they have their own things to go on to. I'd and then my, my final one was, and this is similar to what you're saying. Between now. And the Game Awards. <laughs> Resident Evil 7 is delayed. We get a stage demo for it at PSX, though. Oh, my God. I'd be pissed about that, too. Where they come out and they're like, hey, you've heard the bad news. But they don't deliver the bad news there. Yeah. Because then the crowds riot. Sean Lee's torn apart in the front row. I'm <laughs> 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 not even working on this. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I, th- I remember at E3 when they announced that release date. It was like, really? That's it's so just soon. it's one of those release dates that like you. you I look at the count. I'm like, January 20. What the fuck? Like that. It's been in development for a long time. I mean, they won six came out. I know, but it's still, <clears throat> I just, it seems, and this sounds weird, I know. It seems like there's not enough buzz about that game for it to be that close. And I understand that when you talk about VR, everyone's stoked about it. But when you talk about, like, I know there's the demo. People have played the demo, but it's just like. I don't think there was that much hype about six, though. You know, But, but this is the one where you'd be like, we're trying to win those people back. And we're putting out this VR thing, and you can play it both ways. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We'll see. It's possible. Very I think it's. Pro- I think it's pretty much, you know. I think it's like 50-50 that it's going to get delayed. Yeah. Okay. We'll These are predictions. I have hopes. Oh, you have hopes? Okay. I have hopes. Hopes and dreams? I hope we get a hype intro video. Yeah, they, missed um, that. they better. We missed that last time. Yeah, the, yeah, the PS, thing. the pro thing, yeah. Then Japan got one, though. You guys well, remember, remember what? Didn't we have a rumor? Japan's was amazing. We had a theory for the pro event that they were supposed to be. Because remember, there was like the noise, and then nothing happened, and then they just brought the lights up all awkwardly. Yeah. Like, I think some trailer... Some of them must have fucked up, but I want some hype. I want them to bring that shit. Um, the other thing I want them to bring, speaking of hype near automata oh mm. i want a trailer i want them to give that game some fucking love. i bet you it will be there that's a ps4 exclusive it feels right yeah so yeah i think that that's probably likely spring 2017 shit looks good. i thought you're gonna say near for the vita you want some kind of near app oh you want oh, nobody back? wants that oh, nobody yeah, wants no. that no 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 not i thought that. that was really great i was excited for a second game goods here's a super stardust track what the fuck is this <laughs> i got some questions for you guys oh, okay spider-man yeah will he be there no, there will be a Spider-Man cosplay. Yes, okay. for sure, a thousand percent. But Spider-Man will... cosplay? He just said, "Well, Sp- Spider-Man will oh. he be there?" I'm like, no, I, I don't. I don't, gonna... I don't think so. Maybe, okay. in a, maybe in a sizzle reel. I don't think that they have anything to show. Yeah, yeah. God of War. Yes, you think so? New yeah. stuff? Oh no, though they said no. They Corey said no. Balrog yeah. said no. I say no new Spider-Man stuff. I say oh, no new well, God of War yeah, stuff. No, no new God of War. That's un, that's unintuitive. I think they're both doing that. the same thing of like, let's just shut up till we have some. We have like God of War. I think further along. Spider-Man. I think the games that are imminent are going to be there. I think Days Gone is, I think Days Gone will come out in 2017. So I think that it's, because um, remember what happened at E3, something along the lines of, we, we asked, God, who the fuck did we ask there? Um, Ross or some one of those guys there about if it was going to come out in 2017, and they said no, and then I tweeted it out, and then and then someone over there clarified, like, well, maybe. <laughs> you yeah, know, something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I think that, I think that out of the, so Horizon got a war, Detroit, uh, Days Gone, and Spider-Man are the big slate right right now and Death Stranding. I don't think we're missing anything. Gran Turismo Sport. Yeah. I think that out of like the core third part or the core games that are not Gran Turismo and Horizon, I think Days Gone is next. So I think they I think Days Gone will be will be there like new part playable. Okay. And maybe a release date. So Detroit. 
I think Detroit will come out next year too. Do you think we'll get a release date at PSX? I don't know. I, I think they both are going to come out next year. I, Detroit and Days Gone. I don't know that either of them will get release dates. I think they'll both get 2017, like stingers at the end of their trailers. Okay. So. okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't even know if we'll get that in terms of the dates for this. Nino Kuni two, possibly. Yeah. Uh, Level five's been working on that. I don't know that they're anywhere near being done though. So I don't know. I think that was a cool announcement. Super excited about that. I love first Nino Kuni. I fucking love Nino Kuni. I think it's a great game. Um, I don't know if it's next year, and I don't. I don't know if you show it again unless you have something exactly new to show. Okay. Final Fantasy Seven remake. But God, I hope not. Because we saw it last year. Well, again, this is going to be an episodic game. So I mean, well, now that everyone's done working on Final Fantasy Fifteen, they can finally start working on Final Fantasy Seven remake. So, oh no, I'm sorry. There's Kingdom Hearts Three as well, so they can't yet. Uh, no, CyberConnect is doing Final Fantasy Seven, and uh, maybe I. I Again, I just am. I'm just. I'm forever skeptical of not only CyberConnect's ability to make that game, but with no offense to them, looking at their track record, they don't make games of that caliber. And uh, number two, I just, I just don't believe that's anywhere. I still feel like that game's like we won't even see it until 2019, like on anything. The first one, like sure. the Midgar episode or whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope we hear about it. I think they shit the bet on that one. I think they know it too. Kingdom Hearts three, I think it's. I think Kingdom Hearts three is possible. I think it's more like to, to see King, uh, something for Kingdom Hearts three than, than I will, Final Fantasy. VII. I because it's sooner. I know. I still think it's more likely to see Final Fantasy seven. That'd be so stupid. Because I think I, I feel think like it's Kingdom attached Hearts to that is, thing now, right? Like it feels like it's a PSX exactly. Thing. It's a PlayStation thing. Kingdom yeah. Hearts is. I mean, you know, it does have lineage there, but uh, I think that it is a little farther off, and we still have Kingdom Hearts two point eight. I think that's what it is. Two point nine. Two point eight. Who cares? The the uh, <laughs> for a lot. I think the, I think we have to temper our expectations of Square Enix, particularly. I think that Automata is almost guaranteed, and I think that might be it. So, but I think that in the order of operations, I think maybe see Final Fantasy fifteen just a trailer, maybe some DLC or some pa- patch notes or whatever. Yeah. I don't know uh, VR, yeah. But then I think Kingdom Hearts is. I think Kingdom Hearts is more likely and makes more sense um, than showing anything for Final Fantasy seven remake because I just don't know if they're like ready to go. Yeah. So. My biggest hope for this conference is that they do something similar to their E3 conference. That is, like, we're not doing gameplay. We're showing trailers. Let's move through this stuff and go. And But this is where you show gameplay. I guess. That's why I love PSX. Is PSX is totally aimed at the nerds like Colin and myself, right? Where it's just like, yeah, totally get up there and do an Until Dawn run playthrough and let us yell out what we want to see and all these different things. And, you know, make all these jokes about Crash Bandicoot and have Geo come out in a hockey jersey and tell you about Vita games. Like, Well, we need you. At least sectionally i think that there should be a nice healthy section of just punching which sure. is like here's trailers and here's like uh new reasons to be excited about being a playstation fan because i think that just like the the whole here i am here watch a trailer now watch me play through a bit of the game it's like well no don't don't do it don't do that don't do the ubisoft e3 oh, man, press yeah, conference I mean, so I like just, here's here's me talking about the game here's a trailer here's me talking a bit and here's me playing yeah like, what the fuck are you doing <laughs> like going back to your prediction with uncharted it's like I don't want to see you playing the game. That like, that was my other trailer. concern too, with it being short. Like it's going to be shorter than you know Uncharted Four, obviously. And like if how much I was trying to run through my head how much we saw of uh, the Ellie DLC left not left behind, yeah, mm-hmm. left behind, and what we actually saw in terms of that. I think it was it was cutscenes originally, right? I remember the cutscene of her like, and Riley like in, in their the dorm room. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that well, the doorbell's ringing and no one else is here. Yeah, <laughs> hold on. I um, think we, I think we're gonna need to multi-man this. No, thing. you, you do. Oh, why? Uh, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Do you need help from me? I'm gonna need help. Yeah. All right. Colin, you entertain the kids. It's Waterman 2.0. Greg forgot to tell you guys a story the other day about the Waterman, and it's a true story, and 
what ended up happening first of all is that the waterman i think returned to our house because again we did not pay the bill see the thing about and then the waterman visited someone else like one of greg's family members or something i don't know the whole thing what i'm telling you here is that there's something suspicious going on with the waterman his ability to stalk this particular show and greg miller in particular and really rattles greg at his very core uh the 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 waterman really looks deep inside greg's soul and uh you know makes him almost turn to stone makes him lose his thoughts makes him feel vulnerable and weak and the waterman's not asking for anything unusual i mean he's basically asking for uh, funds for services rendered of course but i can't help but wonder where where's the money going and of course if a man comes to i'll reiterate again if a man comes to the door claiming to be the waterman you know i don't know what it is to be the waterman and so could it could it be anyone like someone just being like write me a check for 150 dollars i'll turn your water back on i'm like the water is working are you going to turn it off at a certain time it's not like when you lose your cable like you forgot to pay your cable bill and the cable goes out and you just go online you do it, and then you, you ping the box and it works again are they really going to shut our water off is the waterman does the waterman really wield that much power because i understand california is still going on 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 some sort of drought and we're here in northern california it's you know it's been raining the last two years more normally and obviously hetch hetchy and all the reservoirs are up here so this is really our water and so i wonder what are the parameters of the waterman's powers and also how far will he go in order to shut the water off so these are the questions I have, and and uh, you know, I just found it weird, auspicious that Greg didn't bring up the Waterman again when he t- he paid us another visit, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Greg fears the Waterman. I think that there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear there. So, oh, you're back. What happened to you? So so what are they? What are they for? It's a cabinet space. Cabinet so, space. Organized things. Oh, that's nice. <sighs> A sign of two athletic men right there. Yeah. Jesus fucking God. What the hell? Why? The last two are really heavy. Oh, we'll just leave for Kevin tomorrow. Did <sighs> you entertain him? I don't know. I guess you'll find out. I guess I will. Tim, before we let you go. Yes. Because, of course, you'll be joining us on the PSX panel. You'll be joining yes. us on the reactions to PSX, all that stuff. Uh-huh. Saturday. Twitch.tv such kind of funny games. And then, of course, oh, Jesus God. Sunday at PSX, but it'll be posted on Tuesday, but it's not the full episode. It's just a bonus episode. Well, I have you. I got two Final Fantasy questions here okay. from the kids over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. BBKs. And as the big Final Fantasy fan, I'd like your opinion on these, all right? All right. Take it Angel of the Past says, Dear Colin and Greg and Tim, Finally, after several years of waiting, we are receiving Final Fantasy XV. This game has been a roller coaster with twists and turns every step of the way. Even if we ignore any debacles from before this year, it was still quite a journey. From your uncovering of the release date, which had leaked days before, (laughs) all the way to the retail game being leaked just days before the game was released to the public, it's been a bumpy ride. Since the original release date, there have been many teaser trailers released of the game and even a third demo. If the game had been released on time, these trailers and that demo would never have seen the light of day. My question is, how do you guys think a delay like this affects sales? Sure, a lot of people moan about how they have to wait and a lot of people also understand how developers have to take their time to improve a game, but how does this actually affect sales overall? Do these extra teasers just serve to keep us interested or 
do all these extra parts just try and boost sales for the week one buyers? I would love to know your thoughts on the matter. Thank you for all you do. Now, Tim, you've been excited from day one. They announced yes. Final Fantasy versus, versus 13. You're pumped. Mm-hmm. As the journey's gone on, yeah. what is your your emotional roller coaster been? Have you been more or less excited? I mean, it, roller coaster is probably the best way to put it because mm-hmm. the original trailers for Final Fantasy versus 13, I was so sold on. I was like, I remember there was that and the 13 trailer, and I was like, mm, 13 looks fine, uh, but versus 13 is what I want to play. That looks super awesome. It was right on the heels of Advent Children coming out. And for all the flaws the movie had, the action was awesome. And the fight scenes and stuff were cool. I'm like, man, imagine a Final Fantasy one day actually having fights like that. And then seeing the trailer for Versus 13, the tone was so different. The music was amazing with music done by uh, Shimamura, the person that does the Kingdom Hearts music. It's fantastic. Um, I was like, this is this is different and this is cool. It looks more action focused. And like, I am so down it looks like kingdom hearts but with a real story so i was stoked for that and then there was tgs trailers coming on after that and they kind of showed way more of the story this game had a lot of trailers like a lot and it's funny to look back on now like the game was rebranded as final fantasy 15 two years ago three years ago at uh at e3 and that was kind of a big deal because it definitely there was a shift in in tone and it became way more about the bros and some of the characters, like Luna, who's in this game, uh, made us lose Stella, who was the person that we thought we were going to get in the trailers. And a lot of the, the kind of the, the story elements that we were excited for didn't end up making it to the game, which, yeah, it, it hurts and it sucks. Like this, the game I'm playing right now, as much as I'm enjoying it, it's not the game that I was excited for 10 years ago. Totally different game. Uh, a lot of aspects are the same, but even the trailer they showed at... Uh, E3 2013 or whatever it was when they rebranded Final Fantasy 15. Like a lot of those story elements didn't even make the cut. And I watched the uh, the movie Kingsglaive last week to kind of like get prepared for the movie with Breaking Bad's Aaron Paul, exactly, and Game of Thrones Lena Headey and Game of Thrones um, Sean Bean. But he didn't come to the yeah. uncovered thing, so I don't no. care about him. Yeah, yeah, but he's there and he did good. Uh, and that movie kind of covered a lot of the things that we saw in the trailer. So I was like, all right, cool. They're cutting that from the game and it's yeah. a different perspective. And it. Kind of sucks, but I mean, I'm still excited for it. This reminds me a lot of the Halo 5 situation when mm. they showed their shit in the trailer and then people were upset that that stuff wasn't in the game. And I get it because this is more than anything. Like, I wanted that game and I'm never going to get that game. But at the same time, it's kind of cool that we're getting something that's different than the thing that we have seen so much of. Mm. You know, it's like I, I always talk about with movie trailers, like, I kind of would like them to show things in trailers that aren't in the movies. Uh, to kind of like betray your emotions, I guess, you know, it's like trailers. So show much. So trailers show so much these days that the movie experience kind of like gets ruined. Games is the same thing. When sure. all the set piece moments are seen a million times, they're not interesting anymore. So like to kind of give you a, a taste of what the game's going to be like, but then have things change up. I like that, but mm-hmm. this is a little bit different. But in yeah. terms of sales, I don't think it affects sales at all. I mean, that's the big thing is that this isn't a normal delay by any stretch of the imagination for Final Fantasy 15. I think a normal delay, you go, okay, whatever. Maybe it bumps into another game somebody was looking forward to. They have to make that decision on where they want to spend $60. This one you're talking about, I'm sure they've lost a lot of fans who have aged out of this completely. And Final Fantasy, frankly, isn't as cool now as it was 10 years ago. And so to get to this point now, the person who was excited for it 10 years ago now has a five-year-old and doesn't have time to play a 50-hour you know, RPG or whatever and run through and do all these different things. I think they lose that sale, but they they pick up 
younger people New who people. are interested in it. I mean, especially i think their campaign is doing a good job of doing the, you know the thing the whole reason we got, were hired to do uh, uncovered right was the fact that you're the fan and i'm not mm-hmm. and so they want like that's how they're aiming this game right that a person like me who's never had a real interest in final fantasy there's something in here for them theoretically you turn the game started. on literally the first splash screen says this game is for final fantasy first timers and fans alike mm-hmm. which playing it, it seems a little weird but I get it. I get what they're saying. But this, it very much is uh, a Final Fantasy that can succeed in the world in 2016. Gotcha. Uh, if they did the Final Fantasy IX style thing, it just it wouldn't sell like that. And that's what Bravely Defaults and Bravely First are, uh, or Bravely Second are. Where it's like, they're great and people love them and those are awesome games, but those aren't the marquee AAA game that Final Fantasy can be. And when publishers and developers have the opportunity to do, have a triple a game they're going to try to do that yeah colin delays how do they affect sales i mean it depends on the game i think with final fantasy 15 i think it's going to do the same exact numbers it would have done if it came out last year or earlier this year or whatever so i don't i don't think it's i don't think it matters this game is a marquee title this game is a temple title so i think that it really doesn't matter when it comes out i think it could have literally come out in january 1st and it would sell the same amount the exact amount of copies because people are going to buy it um you know I want to explore more of Tabata's insistence on Final Fantasy disease and all these kinds of things. And I think I'll have more about my feelings in the game when we talk about it next on Gamescast and then on PS I Love You next week, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully, I'll get more into it tonight. But I don't know. I, 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 I'm super curious to see what the tale of this game is and how it actually sells um, and what people's flavor is on it because I just... Playing it... The, the, the one takeaway I had just playing through the tutorial when I loaded it up last night... So I played only for like a half an hour, not even is, is I'm like, this is fucking complicated. I'm like, like, I'm like, this is not fun. And, and like, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how those mechanics work into the story and how I, how I wrap my head around them because games, I remember even Final Fantasy 13, um, which I thought was a really a bad game, like just a bad game. Uh, the combat was actually great. And, uh, I remember, and I remember thinking that the combat didn't make any sense to me at first either. So uh, I think all oh, like paradigm shifting and all that, yeah, I didn't get it. Weird. So uh, I'll be interested to see like, you know, when I think about the marquee, the great marquee Final Fantasies, which to me in my mind are uh, four, uh, six, seven, and nine. I think it was, I think in my mind those are the four best. They're all easy to play. You know, it's not about the depth comes in the systems, not necessarily in the mechanics. If that makes any sense, so you know how to play Final Fantasy VI because you you fight and you use your tools or whatever special skill thief or whatever you know stealing if you're lock and then you have espers and you learn espers based on you know action points you learn earn in the game and then on the percentages based on the the you know that are attached to the esper and you learn those spells and all that kind of stuff so you can really customize your characters that's where the depth is the depth isn't in the mechanics so I I just I'm I'm, I'm playing this and I'm like I don't understand. It, back to what Tabata says, I'm like, I guess I have Final Fantasy disease because I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. Like, I don't understand how this is at all Final Fantasy, and that's and that's what I'm most curious about to see moving forward. Is like, what are the touchstones other than a cactar and the familiar chimes on a menu and all these kinds of things? I'm like, okay, that's cool, but what's the heart that makes this Final Fantasy? Because Dragon Quest is a heart, right? There's a heart that makes Dragon Quest Dragon Quest, and Final Fantasy 13 had no heart, and I feel like this has a similar kind of thing where I'm like, I are you just slapping this name on this game? Like to your point about like if they did nine with a kind of more classic style and more archaic knights and mages and all that kind of stuff, that is Final Fantasy to a lot of people. You know, there there are examples of that not happening, but there's always been a steampunk aesthetic in Final Fantasy and the great Final Fantasy games, and that's even the ten to a degree. So like, I just am wondering, you know, where it goes from there. But I'm trying to keep as open mind as possible. And I said it many times, and I'll say it again. And the and the reviews played out. I think it's no less than good. You know, I just. 
I do take issue the more I think about this Final Fantasy disease thing. I'm like, yeah, we have Final Fantasy disease, Tabata, because we bought those fucking games. So we have expectations of what we're going to get with a, with a name Final Fantasy instead of two MMOs and a trilogy of games no one fucking asked for and all of this kind of shit. So I, I, I hope that this bucks the trend and, and is a respectable game. Because I think it's actually a while that th- since they've released a respectable Final Fantasy game in the main series that's not an MMO. I know people love 14. I feel like I, I don't like 10. I don't think it's a good game, but I feel like that was the last time there was a consensus that a game was good, you know, mm-hmm. and in the series. People so, love 12. 12 sucks. 12 so bad. That's I don't like oh, it, like people I don't know. I, I hear a lot of shit about 12 2 and 12 is a tale of two games. We've been over that many times. Too, too many fucking cooks in the kitchen on that game. But 12 was like a pseudo MMO. I don't even know what they were thinking of with that game. I really do feel like in my heart that 10 was the last one where I'm like, I'm in the minority, like very much in the minority on this game. And with 12, I feel like everyone's like, it's fine. You know, 13, I think the consensus with a lot of hardcore fans was it's not very good. Yeah. Going back to something you were saying, though, the, the battle system in 13, I agree with you, and I've said this a million times before. Like, I wanted to keep playing that game because I f- felt like there was a reward somewhere in that battle system because it was so much fun. And I kept waiting for the challenge to come, and it never did. And that's what caused me to be like, all right. I don't like this. I wish they kind of like went through with it a bit more. Um, and when I was playing Final Fantasy 15, again, I'm only two hours in. I played all the demos and all that stuff. So I'm a bit more familiar maybe than you are. Like I didn't need to do the um, tutorial. Like I knew how to do that stuff. Uh, but going into it and playing it, it's like I had the same feelings. Like, man, it is kind of overwhelming. But then even two hours in, they they do what Metal Gear Solid 5 did really well, which is kind of slowly introduce you to slowly the, the complication stuff. stuff. Yeah. Like just being dropped in Metal Gear Solid 5, that's crazy. Like there's too much shit going on. But playing it for two hours gets you to a point where you're like, oh, okay, here's how the resources you know, sure. get you this and then get you that and whatever and give you gameplay. And uh, so far, Final Fantasy 15 has gotten me to that point where I'm like, I'm already feeling like the combat makes sense to me. and I'm feeling in the flow and in the, like I, I said to you, this to you earlier, it kind of feels like a rhythm game to me where it's like you're, you just kind of kind of got to keep up with the pace of what's going on and switch between offense and defense. And it reminds me of Final Fantasy 13's battle system, the good parts about it. Um, so We'll see. I, yeah. I, I, the one thing I want to walk away from is what does it mean to be like, I think I want 15 to answer the question of like, what does Final Fantasy mean other than just being an IP that you slap on something to make people buy it? You know, like another Square Enix, you know, we talk about Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest, with the exception of 10, meant something like those games all mean something. You can line them all up and they all are congruent with each other, even though they're different, you know, and I, I just I, I the more again, I think of that Final Fantasy disease thing. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I probably do have it. And I'm kind of happy I do because that's those were great games. You know, so I'm I think this game will answer the answer the question one way or the other. And uh, I'll be super interested to see. I hope it does well. I hope it's great. I hope people love it. I really do. And I hope I love it because I'm going to be spending a lot of time with it. And I really do want to see it through. So because um, I just think it's such an historic game in a way. But uh, the, my, my initial impressions are I hate the characters and uh, <laughs> and the combat system is, is just muddled. And, and I think that both of those things will be clarified because, again, people have been asking me on Twitter and we asked to talk about Colin McGregor a little bit this morning. Like, what do you think of the game? And I'm like, those are my impressions. But I don't know I th- that I think that about the game because I, I, I've not played nearly enough sure. to have a fleshed out impression and I think you got to give the the game due diligence in order to have real uh, a real really something to say on it more than a few hours or more than a few minutes like me really so, quick yeah to add on to this um, the something I want to add and this is kind of a criticism of my experience so far is I watched the entire anime Brotherhood and I watched the um, movie Kingsglaive recently and just to kind of get into the world because I I've, since the trailers I've been sold in this world and I wanted it but 
going into this game, like how much is that stuff going to affect the story? And already there's things that I'm like, man, if I didn't watch those, this would be a lot weirder than it is right now. Uh, but even having said that, it's not like not watching those is going to leave you in a weird place because even watching them, it doesn't answer some of the questions I want to answer. <laughs> uh, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because it's like it is just world building. And I think that that from reading a lot of the reviews and especially what I'm seeing so far, the story isn't this amazing story, but it is about the world and it's about the characters and a lot of the just kind of things happening as they happen on this road trip. And really thinking back, and I might get a lot of shit for this, but like. I'm sorry, but Final Fantasies don't really have these breathtaking stories. Like some of them have better stories than other, but others. But like I wouldn't say any full story is amazing and one of the the best stories I've ever heard. So it's like, but the thing is that there's characters that matter and there's character development that matters. Where I'm like, I the story of Final Fantasy VII, I love Final Fantasy VII. I cared about it because of the characters, though the characters and how they interacted with all the things going on in those scenarios. Final Fantasy X is the same way. Yeah, I I, I don't. I'm not even really sure what the fuck tens about the the blitzball blitzball exactly. Uh, I do disagree. I think four and six both have great stories, but I think that they're they're helped by the characters. But I think if you I think the, the nuggets of the story is like the and, and four kind of these renegade guys that are being told to do this awful shit. They don't want to do it anymore. I mean, it's kind of kind of a cool nugget there. I think six's story is actually really phenomenal. Um, but yeah, and they're not. I mean, they're, they're all, not. They're, they're all, not. The, they're good. They're good stories. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just I don't think that any of them are these like masterpieces of storytelling. I think that a lot of them, it's like the gameplay is fun and it's engaging and rewarding to kind of keep going through all this stuff and to progress and move through it all. But it, without the gameplay, the story wouldn't hold up the game. Without the story, the gameplay wouldn't hold it up, right? It's both going hand in hand. That To me, that's what makes a Final Fantasy game. So I'm interested to see where this one goes. But it is it is weird because the day one patch, maybe it's the, like, the second patch. The there. crown There's update? There's a whole bunch of fucking patches. Is that what it is? That's That was their day one patch. I think that, I I think that, that would make sense because it adds cutscenes from Kingsglaive into mm-hmm. the thing, but they're really, really oddly placed. And there's not. it's not using um, dialogue that they're saying because it's Sean Bean. So oh. they can't use I'm assuming they can't use his voice. Sure. So it's just music playing under action happening. And I'm like, man, this is, this is really shoehorned in. And it was a patch. So it's like you could tell that they were like, oh, fuck, we should probably just put this in there. Mm. So it is in the game. You don't need to watch the movies and stuff. There is still stuff, but it's awkward. And Denim underscore Gino over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ wrote in and said, Good day, mates. Gino here from Australia. Oi, massive fan of all you do. I want to talk to you guys about how we now have news that Final Fantasy 15 is going to have a massive day one patch. So big, they even given it a name, the crown update. IGN says, in addition to fixing minor bugs, it adds several new features that improve gameplay and greatly enhance the overall story. Dot, 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 dot. Now, do you guys remember one of the many reasons Final Fantasy 15 was delayed? Wasn't it to avoid such a thing from happening? Question. Are you sick of developers lying about this trash? In this case, it had been delayed so many times, I'm sure they were running out of excuses, but no one is talking about the fact they lied just about what's in this update. Why do they even need to give us a reason? Now, pulling back, what happened is in August, Kotaku wrote, along with other people, and I'm, I'm sourcing Kotaku. According to Tabata, one of the big reasons for this delay, however, is not everyone who is going to play Final Fantasy 15 has their console connected to the internet. They may have a console, they may have, they may have a console, they may have the internet, but the two aren't 
aren't necessarily connected. Parentheses. Data Tabata source said that number the number is over twenty percent of Japanese gamers. Thus, there actually might be players who do not who who do not download a day one patch. The delay is to get the game in good shape for all players at release. And what did I tell you when that happened? You, bullshit. I, mean, I, was, we all I was like, did. I was like, it's totally. We all said that you're kidding nonsense. me. There's not gonna be a day one patch for Final Fantasy. What year is it? Well, no, not even that. Not even that there would be because there clearly was going to be anyway. But the, the fact that that was such a stupid excuse, I'm like, that is such a stupid excuse. That is, you're so full of shit. You know, like they just needed to buy time. Yeah, and and that's what they did. So and they got it, and hopefully it worked out for them. And I do agree that I, I mean I assume Tabata's serious and those guys are serious and that what the patch was going to be is in the game. And now this is a separate patch. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I think that's true. This is back to what we were talking about earlier with game development, right? That game development is constantly killing your babies in the crib and just leaving them go. You only get what it, it depends on which developer you talk to 70% of your original vision into a game, usually a lot less than that. And so, yeah, if you're going to have more time, you're going to get to a current update or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, he shouldn't have said that because it bites him in the ass. And that's like, that's kind of a, a hard thing to deal with as a creator. And we have to deal with this all the time ourselves where it's like, you know, people want updates, then you give updates and then things change and then you're an asshole. And that gets really hard. And I, I, I totally get it. And again, I'm on the side of it. Like, shouldn't have said that, yeah. you know. But at the same time, like following Final Fantasy 15's development for so long, I, I've been reading thread and thread, thread after thread, post after post about, you know, the things that have been changing over the last couple of years in this game. And to see the, the screenshots that were released a couple of years ago where this game looked fucking gorgeous to then seeing the screenshots released a year ago where this game looked really OK to what's happened in the last couple of months where the entire industry of games journalists went from being like, I don't know about this game to, oh, shit, this game's going to be good. That happened in the last couple months. And I think that him coming out and saying that, it's like, cool, they wanted this shit to be right. It sucks for me because my current internet situation at home sucks, so I had to deal with that whole thing. And yeah, downloading the patch meant that I only got to play two hours instead of six hours last night. That fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all this other stuff, like going back to what I was saying, like they added the Kingsglaive stuff. They added, some, they added a whole bunch of shit that you know that they're like, man, it'd be cool if we could do that, but we can't delay this game again. So it's like, cool, another patch added on top of that. Like, I'm sure at some point there was a conversation that's like, but you said we weren't going to do this. Yeah. And he's like, it's for the best of the game. It's, it's for, for the, the best of the game. Yeah. Like, do are we going to like, how are we going to piss fans off more? You know, not giving them more shit or sticking to the truth of what we said at some point in an interview. But it's hard. Yeah. Shouldn't have done it. It should like be. Sh- don't confirm things until you're ready. to. The big thing is, I doubt he was them. lying. Yeah. You know what I mean? I bet he thought this is what they were going to be able to do. But of course, that's, you know, just getting away from it. And I Artists. think the problem there is things change and you don't get opportunities to address them. He said yeah. that in an interview. They didn't have a follow up interview of, hey, are things still going to plan? Yeah. And that gets hard because headlines come out and then you get stuff. That's it. Yeah. Stuff. But. And also note that the, a lot of the interviews with them have been weird the last couple of years. I remember when I was in Japan once and we interviewed him, Mitch and I, and he, and he was talking about percentages of the game done. And they're like, we're 50% done or something like that or 40% done. I'm like, what? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? You know, like, and then the number increased, I think 10% in a year. And then suddenly the next year the game's out. I'm like, okay. And like, so these is all, this is all just nonsense. <laughs> Basically just all, all nonsense. So whatever, you know, I, I, I just, I, They've they've now gotten off the pot, so now yeah. it's time. So now it's time to uh, give the game its due diligence, and I'm excited to do that. And my hope is that I love it, um, based on the characters and the combat uh, so far. My imp- impressions are tepid, but so preliminary. You know, cool. so so preliminary. 
Well, we'll so. be checking in left and right yes, here yes, on yes, youtube.com yes. slash kind of funny games. Tim, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. We'll see you next, of course, on the kind of funny games cast. But don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, Saturday is PSX. 10 o'clock is the little showcase. That means at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We'll come to you with a pre-show, react with you during the conference, and then come back and do a PSI love you XOXO right there to finish it all off live for you. Then put that out on the podcast feeds the next day, Sunday. At noon, we will do the panel at PSX, which will go up on Tuesday. And we, if you're at PSX, we'll do an autograph signing thing right afterwards. Like a photo thing, probably. You know, we'll hang out. Well, that was a lovely little interlude, Colin. It was. I like that little Tim guy. Now they're coming to arrest him. <laughs> the little secret police. Lola's out there looking for everybody. Uh, Colin, you know I'm excited for Days Gone. But it's so far out. If I want to know what came to the mom and grop shops, both detail and retail... Where I go, you son of a bitch! Go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation VR, and sometimes PSV software by the kind of funny co-founders. <laughs> Aqua Moto Racing Utopia comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Now these guys are the OGs. They were the ones who came by, like, I think two GDC streams. We've done Let's Plays on this one, running around. They want This was their whole jet set. Or no, Wave Race. Wave Race. This is their Wave Race uh, love letter. Yeah, I remember playing it. Experience high speed and nerve wracking tension in a world of pure racing on waves. So state of the art, you need to feel them to believe them. Explore and discover secret passages in dreamlike exotic locations like the Amazon, tropics, Greece, and the mangrove swamplands. Landing that perfect stunt in a narrow canal will put a smile on your face. Arcade Archives Neo Geo Metal Slug comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. It's out the 28th, so this is out by the time you listen to this. Metal Slug is the original entry in one of the most famous action game series ever released. It was originally released by SNK in 1996. Players control Marco and and Tarma, who belong to the special forces team known as the Peregrine Falcon Squad. They fight to defeat General Donald Morden in an effort to take back their stolen weapon known as the Metal Slug. Get it. Battalion Commander comes to PlayStation 4. It's digital and it's out the first. So this is a Thursday release. The motherland needs you again. Strange activity is detected in the north. So grab your guns, rockets and grenades and secure the territory. About face. March. Oh, I will. Clockwork Tales of Glass and Ink comes to PlayStation 4 digital. Delve into this exciting detective adventure game with a steampunk twist. Strange earthquakes are causing the world's cities to crumble to ruin. The brilliant Dr. Ambrose Inc. hopes to expose the underlying cause of this phenomenon, but he needs the assistance of his longtime friend, Agent Evangeline Glass. The heroine will have to storm the castle of the general engineer of Gotland to find out the truth and stop the cataclysm. No. The Crew Ultimate Edition comes to PlayStation 4 Retail. Step into the driver's seat for this definitive online racing experience in the Crew Ultimate Edition, the supercharged, all-inclusive edition of the revolutionary action-driving game. The revolutionary action-driving game. Get behind the wheel. Your crew is waiting. Mm. I remember being excited for that and then just came out and nothing. Yeah. Yeah. People liked it. Crystal Rift comes to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR Digital. A grid-based dungeon crawler in classic first-person perspective, Crystal Rift is inspired by classic dungeon games such as Dungeon Master and Eye of the Beholder with grid-based movement. It has been developed primarily for VR, but is also a great experience for those without headsets. Oh, thank you. Destroy All Humans 2 comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Assume the role of the human-hating alien crypto once again in the sci-fi action-adventure spoof bound to enslave mankind. Take revenge on humanity for destroying your mothership. Take on the new enemies such as secret agents, dying creatures, Soviet forces, and even ninja warriors in an expanded open world. Ninja warriors. All right. The Dwarves comes to PlayStation 4 Digital and Retail. It's out the first, so that's Thursday. The Dwarves is a fantasy role-playing game with a strong story and tactically challenging real-time battles. 15 playable heroes, each with individual skills, are to be deployed cleverly. Take on superior numbers of orcs, ogres, alfs, bognolum, zombies, dark mages, and many more foes. 
to give them the lowdown. Now, I feel like that one has to get props because that is the first game's, game description. I really feel like I know everything, what that game is. I can picture it in my mind's eye. Also, they use the little dots above the A's and the O's in some of these things. Oh. Final Fantasy 15 comes to PlayStation 4 digital and retail. Knock this crown prince of the magical kingdom of Lucius embarks on a quest to reclaim his homeland in this action RPG. Take up the steering wheel and hit the road with your colorful companions to explore a vast and breathtaking world. Invoke the power of your ancestors and effortlessly warp through the air in thrilling combat. Longtime fans and fresh faces alike get ready to experience cutting edge interactive entertainment in this fantasy based on reality. Wait, what? what it says. <laughs> I, oh, because they're friends in a car. That's reality. Okay. Yeah, it's based on that. Sure. Yes. How we soar comes to PlayStation 4 digital. How We Soar is a VR flight experience. It doesn't say PSVR, by the way. It just says PS4. How We Soar is a VR flight experience that lets you take up the reins of a beautiful giant phoenix and explore an enchanting yeah, papercraft right. world. Seated on the back of this mythical creature, fly throughout the diaries and works of the author. Reconstruct and bring life to the pages of his creations, uncovering his personal story as you soar. All right. Well, you, just some, we oh, need a game. Can we just get a, the superhero flying game already on PSVR? You know what I mean? He said, oh, you get to fly. I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh, I'm on a fucking goddamn Gryffindor or some yep. shit. Gryffindor. Hugh comes to PlayStation Vita Digital. <laughs> Hugh is a vibrant, award-winning puzzle adventure where you alter the world by changing its background color. You explore a dangerous gray land unearthing colored fragments on a journey to find your missing mother. Find her or die. The Keeper of Four Elements comes to PS4 and Vita Digital out the first. That's a Thursday. The Dark Lord invaded this mystical island to uncover the secrets of ancient magic and use it for his evil deeds. But the island has a powerful protector, a wise monk wielding the power of the Four Elements, Billy Joel. Said the island has a protector. Rise to the island's defense using the elemental towers and devastating spells, which can fend off any enemy. Neon Chrome comes to Vita Digital. Neon Chrome is a ruthless top-down cyberpunk shooter with roguelike elements. Blast your way through enemies and walls with guns and cybernetic abilities. Experiment with different roles like the hacker or the cyber psycho. Upgrade your character stats, discover new cybernetic enhancements, and build up strength. Every death is a new beginning. Okay. Pinball FX2 VR. It looks like they're going to unify the names, I guess. Because this was always, what was this? Uh, Zen Pinball. Zen Pinball and Pinball FX, yeah. FX was always on Xbox, but now we're getting it here. It says Pinball FX2 VR, PSVR Digital. Experience digital pinball as never before in Pinball FX2 VR, groundbreaking new pinball game from the digital pinball pioneers, Zen Studios. Pinball FX2 VR features advanced physics, detailed 3D graphics, and original tables from the pinball wizards at Zen. Rock and Racing Off-Road DX comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. Get ready to enjoy off-road races with your friends and family. Rock and Racing Off-Road DX offers the most entertaining and exciting races with loads of skids, crashes, and amazing jumps. Are you upset that you're getting this? It says, you know, enjoy it with your family. You're getting this the week after you're with your family. I know. I'm bummed I can only enjoy it by myself now. Steep comes to PlayStation 4 Digital and Retail. Ride a massive open world across the Alps where the powder is always fresh and the run never ends. The mountain is yours to explore, so strap in, suit up, and drop in. Sounds a little bit like cocaine. Let's get some gnarly curls! Steins Gate Zero comes to PS4 and Vita, digital and retail. Steins Gate Zero is the sequel to the best-selling visual novel set around a group of students who accidentally change time and history with a science experiment endangering humankind. That's no good. Steins Gate Zero tells the story of what happens when they fail to fix their mistake. Oh, no. And finally, Wind Kings... Wind comes to Kings. PlayStation 4 Digital without the first. That is a Thursday. Wind Kings is a 2D platform game which throws you into a fantasy Vikings era. It's a party game with gorgeous graphics and sound design. It can be played in single player mode as well as in local multiplayer. Different and unique worlds, characters, enemies, and weapons make for engaging gameplay. Ooh, engaging gameplay. My favorite. Pick of the week has to be Final Fantasy. I of course, see. yeah. You got to know what's happening. We got to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. You got to figure it out for yourself if this 10-year wait was worth it. Colin, what do you got from your trophies? There are a lot of new trophies, but I want to go into... Uh, Let's go into three of them in particular, especially because we're running late. Uh, Final Fantasy 15. 42 bronze, five silver, three gold, and a platinum. <gasps> these are the Japanese ones, so hold on. Let me open these up again. 
Hi, everybody. It's me, Greg. Peace. I love you, XOXO. This is the one. Okay, here we go. Here it is. So 42 bronze, five silver, three gold, and a platinum. Uh, you get a bunch of bronzes for beating the prologue, and then chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Uh, defeating Ifrit on normal difficulty gets you a gold trophy. Uh, drove the regalia, so that's a learner's permit. That's when you drive your car, is a bronze trophy. Chocobo jockey, rode Chocobo. a chocobo, is a bronze. Regalia pilot, fool the regalia type F, you get a silver trophy. Equipped four weapon slots is a bronze. Collected 13 royal arms is a silver. Learned your first ability is a bronze. Activated 20 ability nodes is a silver. Activated 50 ability nodes is a gold. Um, when you improve the following skills for the first time, you get a bronze trophy. Cooking, photography, survival, and fishing. Um, when you reach the maximum level of those th- four things, you also get a bronze trophy. Um, when you perform the first warp suspension, you get a bronze. Issued your first ally command, you get a bronze. Performed your first blind side link, you get a bronze. Initiated first link strike after powering an attack, you get a bronze. Um, basically, uh, you get a bunch of trophies for uh, doing side quests for 1, 5, 10, 20, 40. Uh, those are all bronzes. 80 is a silver. Uh, completed your first hunt is a bronze. And defeating the Adamantoys is a gold. Hate um, Adamantoys. It seems like an achievable platinum trophy uh red faction is going to come out soon if it's not Ooh. already in the ps2 game which ps2 I, classic let's punch which, through some walls which i loved at the time oh uh, dude i this is a i remember playing this in mizzou all the time calling people in the room watch me i can shoot this wall 30 bronze 11 silver two gold and a platinum whoop, whoop. uh it seems like a lot of them have to do with specific story things and then also killing enemies in certain ways for instance pink mist is a bronze trophy for killing 50 enemies with a turret uh click click boom Click, a saliva click, reference, which is timely to when the game yeah. came out. Kill 50 enemies with the shotgun. Um, and then some story-related ones as well. Miss the shuttle for a I'm coming down with the stereo when you... Click, click, boom. I had that record. Believe it or not. I'm sure you do. Uh, Industry Giant 2 is the one I wanted to go in as well. This was supposed to come out this week, but it comes out next week. The game sounds cool and looks cool. The trophy. This might be the worst trophy set I've ever oh, seen. Oh, good news. Ever. Eight bronze, three silver, one gold, zero platinum. Bronze trophy... Finished all tutorials. Bronze Trophy played for at least one hour. Bronze Trophy played for at least 10 hours. Bronze Trophy played for at least 50 hours. Bronze Trophy played for at least 75 hours. Oh, that's a Silver Trophy. Silver Trophy played for at least 100 hours. Then defeating the campaign on easy will get you a bronze, medium, silver, gold for hard. And some other miscellaneous ones. You have to play this game with no platinum trophy for 100 hours to get a silver trophy. But fuck off. I wonder, and I always forget which game it was. Remember, there was another game that did something similar to this of like play for 10 hours or whatever. And the problem was that it counted when you put it to sleep. So like if you, you know, you left, you just hit your power button, turned it off. You'd pop. Was it Rogue Legacy? That is it. Yeah. And you pop it. Because I remember. Because I think I wrote wrote my Rogue Legacy clock is like. (laughs) Insane. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So if it's like that, whatevs. Have it. Take the hour. Um, that's it. Colin, mm. you know we like to take trophy time questions here and there. Today, we're, I'm going to give you a trophy time success story. This comes from the PSN name, Jack M 304 Hey, guys. I just got my 50th platinum trophy. It wasn't in a new game or even a game I hold dear to me. It was in Dying Light. In case the best friends don't know, Techland is notorious for releasing games with broken trophy lists, and Dying Light was no exception. When the game released in 2015, I got all the trophies except for the side quest one. I did all 52 side quests at least three times, not including my most recent playthrough, and the trophies still didn't pop. 
I put away the game in defeat, thinking I'd never go back for the platinum, and was that was rightfully mine. Patches eventually fixed the list, and as I neared this trophy milestone, I decided to conquer the game that stole a platinum from me. I'm glad I went back to Dying Light to vanquish its platinum, which now sits among my others on a profile that has Dyad, The Last of Us, and Mirror's Edge. You guys got me into trophy hunting in 2013. One, Whether it was listening to all one, 381 episodes of Beyond or your stuff, it kind of funny. I've always had you guys by my side. Thanks for everything, Jack Martin. Congratulations. Those are some tough ones, man. Jack M304. Congratulations, man. Keep it up. I tell you what, going back to a Techland game, that's always the hard one. I saw you, I saw you lose your mind Dead with Island, Dead, with Dead, Dead Island. Island to, or no, Dead Island Rip Time. I felt bad for you on that. God, that, that happens. That was heartbreaking. I, I've had a few trophies stolen from me, but not Platinums. There are probably five Platinums on the table that I'm one away from. Sure. Godfather 2 is one of them. I killed too many guys and then have an, an, the ability to like go back into the game and kill who I needed to. It was yeah. like some thugs or whatever that I had to kill. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale and Vita. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm missing yep. one of them. I, yeah, it's the same way. I have to go back and do all the character things. I'm like, I just can't. I did all those. I think the only one I'm missing is like, I can't find online games. Oh, or that I got done. Me and Mike Mitchell did that right away. Uh, There's oh, all a, a fucking uh, Titanfall 2. That mm, the, the I have all the trophies run. except for the one running on the wall. Like, how do you fuck? I watch it. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. You, don't you insane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, oh, I hate that shit. What was the one? It was back in the uh, both of our whoring days. I, mean, I still whore. You don't know whore no more. Uh, I don't whore no Jurassic. More. What was the shooter? Jurassic the Hunted. Jurassic the Hunted. I'm one short on that from when you had to defend the house from the raptors for like however absurdly long. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this. Rogue Rogue Warrior was another one for me where I beat the game on hard and it only gave me the trophy for being on hard. So I just wanted to beat it on easy and normal. Like perhaps the only game that doesn't stack difficulty trophies. I was like, oh, God, that said it all about that game. Yeah, game fucking sucked. I, I that was we don't get games like that anymore. Nope, that games the, that are just trash. The middleman fell away. We don't get stuff like that anymore. I do miss. I mean, and that was the thing is there was there, there was some was, gems in there. There was a charm to Rogue Warrior. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Going through and there doing was a that. charm to Jurassic. Just beating it. Oh yeah, totally. What the? I always do. I always do. The, what the fuck, Trot? And people are like you say fuck. I'm like, oh, it's Fox Trot. It's what he says in Jurassic: The Hunted. The hip game by made so, by someone I don't remember anymore. Yeah, of course not. That, Published no, by sure, someone I don't remember anymore. Not even remotely around. Anymore. Was that a THQ game? No. I don't know who. Mm. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't even matter. No, it I don't even care. Though. I don't even want to know the answer. Don't tell me. Um, I'm going to do two. All right, call. Okay. Piers JM11 wrote in and says, what's up, guys? I hope you two are doing well. Colin, I hope you enjoyed your real American food. I Greg, I loved your drinking PSA on Twitter. So I feel as though I have created a monster. Way back in episode 23, I was the first to have suggested for, for the first to have suggested forgotten PlayStation game with Maximo, which was then chosen again later by someone else. I thought this would be my only time and the one time I would ever get to decide a segment for the show. My suggestion this week is actually a dead PlayStation game, and I don't believe anyone will ever play this again. So he's saying a game on PlayStation, not a forgotten PlayStation game that somebody should go back to. One that's dead, no one should ever go back to, or maybe can't. He says, PlayStation Home. It had a lot of potential, but never fully lived up to it. I remember seeing two people having a sex chat in the corner while I was exploring early on. What memories do you have about the world? And do you think if it was released in this console generation with the PlayStation 4, it could have been more successful? Uh, I think it was a little bit ahead of its time. I barely messed with Home at all. I couldn't give a fuck less about PlayStation Home. Um, I fucked with a, a fair share. I know. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember you chasing people around. In my younger days, I would troll people at home. Yeah, we'd sit there. I made the ugliest character I could. Then I would run around. And I I, I was, I was uh, not cosplaying. I was, what, pretending to be a girl in home, trying to get people into sex conversations with Did me. Did it work? No, I, was, I made my character so hideous, no one would. So then at one point, if you remember, I was chasing some guy around screaming, please make a home in my ass. 
I, I was just text typing I had a keyboard for DC Universe Online. I was typing that over and over and over again. And he couldn't figure out how to get help, so he just kept running around saying, Can someone help me? Someone help me. And he, I think he was on voice chat asking for help because he couldn't <laughs> figure it out. Uh yeah. What I was talking to somebody about the other day, and I am not recommending this, Shuhei Yoshida, Sean Layden, whoever's listening. PlayStation Home would be a really interesting experiment now in VR. Because if it was, you owned, you had your own apartment space. and Because that was always the weird thing. They wanted you to watch like trailers together. They had the theater where you could go down and do stuff. We always tried to get, I think, the show in there and never made it work. But if you had a home thing and you could watch your own Netflix and you could invite your friends in or something like that, or if you could buy arcade cabinets like you were doing at home and put them into your thing and have meetups where you're all in your VR at your real house sitting on the couch, but you're sitting there talking to each other. It's another one where I don't think it'd be a juggernaut success story, but it'd be interesting. I think people would be down for that, excited for that, especially like, you know, we're doing all this watch along stuff now. That's like an actual thing. People want to enjoy content, whether it be you know, you watch Twitch in it, right? And interact with your friends in a chat that way. It wouldn't be crazy, but it would be really, really interesting to see what somebody would do with that idea now. But yeah, my favorite home thing was chasing a boy around saying, will you make a home in my ass? And then uh, when they made, made, put out the Ghostbusters pack and I did all that stuff. Oh, also when I totally blew, this is one of my best IGN stories. When I was like a young up and comer there or whatever, I right? still so first year, they sent us uh, beta invites for home, got it, went and made all these videos and published them. And then like the next day, uh, Dunham was like, uh, were those, was there an embargo on the home stuff? And I'm like, I don't think so. And like, we went through the email and there wasn't, but they were citing like the embargo, the NDA embargo of when you make your home account or whatever. It's like, why did they give it to the press? And this shows you what a different Sony was. They were just like, no big deal. Don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, thanks. <laughs> Back to talking about home or whatever. Back to going and killing dudes in mag and pretending yeah. <laughs> it was a sniper. Even though they could see on the screen who killed them. Uh, another one, man. Colin, final question for you. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, thank you, Jericho, for compiling these questions. I always want to thank him every week when I go read her mail, but we've been doing it so seamlessly the city in now. Kansas? No, no, no. The guy, the guy in, I think, Germany who does this for us. He compiles all the questions over at kindoffunny.com. I've been there. PSQ. It really exists. Germany really does exist. In case you were curious. Does Jericho? There's, there, there's definitely places in this world that don't actually exist. Witcher Champ writes in and says, Hello, Greg and Colin. Hello. You nailed it. The topic of the two questions I want to ask is this. Is publishing your game in the fall lineup overrated? I respect the hell out of you, Colin, but I think your opinion on Sony's strategy on their exclusive games released in the fall doesn't really consider how poor sales can be for a game released in October or November. I actually think that not being released... I actually think that not releasing an exclusive game in this already packed window, rather than doing so, Sony benef benefited Sony in terms... He's saying it's a bad thing to go up against all I think. He's getting a little off off topic there take for example uncharted 4 when it came out it was all over the news on how great it was and that it was selling really well remember when it was supposed to release in the fall of 2015 a window that had sales heavyweights like fallout call of duty and star wars battlefront i think it was best released this before the summer of 2016 now direct your attention to how poorly titanfall 2 dishonored 2 and watchdogs 2 did in terms of sales let's be honest it's not really because these games were bad just that they were drowned in a release window that consists of other meaty shooter games so question one do you think with the given sales of these games sony should keep doing what they are currently doing parentheses which is release their exclusives throughout the year and support the third-party games that have always that always release in the fall anyway call of duty ubisoft action adventure etc Question two, do you think more game publishers will move their games out of the fall lineup given the sales of these three excellent AAA games? 
That's thought-provoking idea, and I don't necessarily know that he's wrong. I will present uh, evidence to the contrary. Gears of War 4 was the third best-selling game on MPD last month, and it didn't count digital sales, so it could have very well been the best-selling game. Um, I was reading some anecdotal evidence that you're seeing 20 and 30% conversion rates on digital platforms now, which is insane. Um, and I don't think the Gears thing also counted all bundles. So there is contrary evidence on a much weaker-selling platform that a big exclusive like Gears actually sold extraordinarily well. Um, I bet you Gears sold, first of all, way better than Titanfall on both platforms and yeah. uh, probably sold comparably uh, to Titan or to Call of Duty or not necessarily Call of Duty, maybe maybe Call of Duty, but certainly Battlefield on a platform by platform basis, which I think is interesting as well. Um, is he right? Perhaps. I, I just think that Sony is not. We don't have any evidence since the launch because Sony has never released a AAA exclusive in the fall mm. since Killzone. And people are saying like people are some people are upset like that Gravity Rush. We don't talk about Gravity Rush 2 in The Last Guardian as AAA games. And I'm like, I hate to tell you guys, Gravity Rush 2 isn't a AAA game. Right. And uh, t- the Glass Guardian is, but it's a niche AAA game. It's like calling Persona 5 a AAA game. Of course, Persona 5 is a AAA game, but that's not... When we when you say AAA game, along with it comes expectations of popularity as well. Neither of those games have any popularity. Neither of those games are going to set the world on fire sales wise. So we've not seen, you know, Horizon was supposed to come out this fall. Uncharted was supposed to come out last fall. The Order was supposed to come out the fall before. And we have not seen any uh, evidence that. In other words, we have no data. We do have data on the Xbox side. So that conflicts at least marginally with what he says. So I think it's an interesting thought. I think it's possible. I don't think he's necessarily wrong. It has been um, working out well. This is what we always talk about, right? Where for the last couple of falls, we've been saying, man, PlayStation's got no exclusives this holiday season, but do they need them? They don't need them. The third party is carrying all the water for them, and then they do get to the fall, the spring or summer or whatever where they can put out an Uncharted 4 and have it own all the limelight. Not that Uncharted 4 wouldn't get that limelight now, but it would have to compete with other things people are caring about. I think the bigger question, Greg, is the three games he brought up, which were the sequels for Titanfall, Dishonored, and, and Watch, Watch Dogs, Dogs. They all are selling extremely soft. Yeah. The question is, is that happening because of the fall release? I think that's part of it. I think that, especially with Titanfall, was squeezed out by two mm-hmm. better games. I, I'll say again that Titanfall is certainly the weakest of those three games. Um, those three shooters, not the three games we just mentioned. Sure. I think part of it, too, is that they're producing sequels for games no one asked for. And mm. I really don't think Watch Dogs. I, I, I for really, sure dishonored though. Dishonored two is it doesn't seem like it's doing very well. Sure, no, I agree. Watch Dogs two you, isn't doing very well. So on, if people are really on, asking about these for you, these games, then well, no, but no, 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 no. This is the getting same thing in, we make with Mirror's Edge. Exactly. This is your Mirror's Edge and Beyond Good and Evil, and that's where I'm getting at. Is like people, the people who love Dishonored, love Dishonored. The people who you and I didn't care for Dishonored, we never fucking think about Dishonored. And so when we're doing our fall games we're excited for, nobody mentions Dishonored because no, that's not it. Dishonored, I think, is them, Bethesda, being like, we believe in this, we want to get this out here, and we want to deliver for those fans. And those same fans, I assume, are playing it. I don't, and I, uh, yeah, sure, again, it's not selling extremely well. I don't know, how is it reviewing? I'm not even sure. Dishonored? Yeah. Oh, it did well. I thought so, yeah. It's speaking to that audience and that audience. All three of those games did well critically watch dogs 2 the problem is the fact that you had such a disappointing entry in watch dogs 1 you hyped watch dogs 1 for three fucking years you finally put it out and it wasn't what a game one good so now ubisoft is saying okay cool back to the drawing board but i think it's their hubris of saying watch dogs is a tentpole for ubisoft it is an assassin's creed it is a triple a game it's coming out when triple a games come out it's they're not going to go and put it where they should have put it which would have been let's put it where we put far cry primal 
Let's put it where uh, the dead game we always talk about this. Dying, dying light. light. Dying light was, right? Where there's a chance for this to shine. Where it would have fucking cleaned up, probably. In terms of, hey guys, it's January. You're waiting for the Switch. Horizon isn't here yet. Here's this fun, colorful, quirky open world for you to explore and fuck around in. And I think people would have been really all over it. But now it is one of those things of, now I'm a Call of Duty person. I'm a Battlefield person. I'm excited for Final Fantasy. I have a franchise, a, a real quote unquote triple A game I'm excited for. I'm gonna look for that in this watch like things I worry about later. It seems the thing the big takeaway I have this year is that it seems like everything's selling soft. Yeah. And that indicates to me not necessarily a cult like I was reading GameStop stats where where console sales quarter over quarter, I think, are down or like in, in years compared rather, are down twenty percent at GameStop. Which is precipitous. And uh it raises the question, it raises the specter of are there just too many games coming out? We haven't had this problem in a while, and I think that um, it's worth considering. Like, we might just have too many games now, yeah. Um, which is a paradigm we haven't crossed in some years now since the middle ground really eroded. The good news about it is that all conventional wisdom—it reminds me of like Trump winning the presidency. Like, it throws all conventional wisdom out in political science. And I think with the way games are performing, and also finding these like these these dying lights and these Far Cry primals and all these games, the Untold Dawns, whatever that come out in these weird places you would have never released a game five years ago means that like the whole calendar is open and all conventional wisdom's it's out. So like a game coming out in July or you know I mean we even made fun of the last of us coming out around E3 which was strange but it worked out fine so yeah. I do think that there has to be a breathing room but I also think that there's a volume of games that are coming out that that are similar to each other and I do think that I, I've said it before I love open world games but I do think there's going to be a fatigue about these games which is why I really am convinced that Sony can't possibly have all of these games being open world which is why I think Sucker Punch's new game for instance will not be open world yeah um, otherwise like that's it. Like this, this is just everything's the same. These are reaction. The games that are coming out now are reactions to movements that seem to be of that seem to be of have come and gone in gaming. For instance, um, you know, uh, Titanfall Two is a reaction to everyone's you know exclamation. Where is the single player? Yeah, exactly. But but it seemed to have come at the sake of some multiplayer functionality, and also Titanfall is just not a thing, and it's not going to be a thing. And and I and I know that that's sad for some people, but it's just not. It's like re- I love really love Resistance. And I would play a resistance game every year, but I'm under no you know, illusion or delusion that I'm going to get a resistance game ever again because yeah. I was one of the only people that really loved it the way I loved it. That doesn't diminish your love of Titanfall 2, which is to say, um, and not yours, but anyone's love of Titanfall 2, which is to say, like, I really do think publishers need to be a little more strategic about not only when they're releasing games, but what they're greenlighting. And I think people are hungry for a new IP. I'm super interested to see how that game Steep does. You know, um, like I think it's gonna fucking shit the bed. Maybe, yeah. I don't like. I don't. I don't know. Probably. I mean, but who no are they marketing it at, and where's it going? I mean, that was their. That was their marquee game at, at E3, and they're certainly trying to probably play the the outdoorsman crowd or the the, yeah, the, you know, yeah. the snow sports kind of people. You might see commercials for that on, on ESPN or at X Games one day or whatever. I'm. I just feel like there's an appetite for some different things, and video games are so reactionary that, and they take so long to develop that we are seeing reactions to things that were you know in 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 the zeitgeist years ago i mean i think a lot of this has to do with mass effect i think a lot of this has to do with fallout and and this is the problem with triple a games though right where it is that all right cool we're gonna make watchdogs all right we're gonna make dishonored all right we're gonna make horizon and before horizon has been played by fucking person one they're out there talking about how they want this to be a franchise and they want this to be marketing opportunities i forget what the story was from months ago or whatever right where they were looking into how they could explore that fiction in different ways and stuff and that is what titanfall is right where it's like there's titanfalling figures there's titanfall bags there's titanfall this and, titan, and who's buying it like titanfall i love titanfall one for the month i played it and then i was like okay cool i'm on to other things and i never really thought about it again and i played it here and i liked it and it, pe- the p- few people who have played it have liked it but are they gonna 
support the Titanfall novelization? No, like that's not what anybody needs. That not everything needs to be a fucking universe. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I think that the there's more to this story that it's going to require data and some engaged minds to figure out what has happened to the gaming industry this year because consoles are selling well. I was reading in the GameStop story, for instance, the best-selling game at GameStop is Pokemon this year. Yeah. Now, that's not surprising, but it kind of is when you consider well, there's mean, a Call of Duty game and the fact Battlefield po- game. Pokemon Go is free. How are they making money on it at GameStop? So I like people still want software, and to the to the, and this is the unintuitive part of it. People want really derivative software. I don't care what Pokemon Sun and Moon do. That's different. That is the most some of the most derivative bullshit that's been going on in games for twenty years. Sure, but people want it. So there's a special sauce there too. I I think the I think the problem is super complicated. It's about marketing. It's about spacing games. It's about IP that don't need sequels. It's about uh, risk aversion. There's a lot of factors. Um, but I'd really love to see someone really smart that has the time and the access to the data, which we no longer have, um, yeah. to uh, figure out why this is happening. And it doesn't bode very well for future hardware as well. Um, I, for as you know, we talked about PS4 Pro selling, doing well. I don't believe for a second that PS4 Pro is probably not flying off the shelf. I just don't like. I don't. I like. I like. There's just there is a stagnation right now um, that I think needs to be addressed. But I don't know that it's going to be addressed by people or words. I think it's going to be addressed by future releases and kind of the trends that they're seeing now. My hope is that we get back to you know for open world games and, and nonlinear games and choice based games are great and they have a place and they're always going to have a place. But I want to see more tight focused eight to ten hour linear campaigns or at least things that give you the that that are linear but give you the feeling that they're non-linear i think infinite warfare did a really nice job of that mm. it's non-linear there's side quests but it's all basically linear at the end of the day so there's a lot of problems to address i'm just not even sure what the problems necessarily are yeah that's the problem colin you ready to meet your best friend yeah p.s i love this best friend xoxo is a segment where you write in give us your psn name we of course then give it out to you the other best friends who send messages of support or friend requests. We have a serious one today, Colin, that has a question in in there too. This comes from NeoCharge7. That's the PSN name as well. What's up, guys? Longtime listener of the show and big fan of everything you guys do in the community you've built. My longtime girlfriend slash the woman I love slash the most amazing girl in the world, Stacy, died of cancer after a three-year battle of stage four melanoma a month ago. It is crushing and feels like a part of me died as well. Having gone through bone cancer myself with a year and a half of chemo and three surgeries 10 years ago, this is honestly way more challenging to go through being on the other side. She was amazing with she was amazing and gamed with me almost every day. When we weren't playing Destiny together, we were staying up for midnight releases and always talking about the games we were playing. She was my best friend and we are we even eventually bought a house together. I miss her every damn day. I have found one solid coping mechanism that works well, gaming. My question to you is how to use gaming, I'm sorry, how do you use gaming as a way to cope with traumatic, devastating life events like this, and does this get better? I mean, I honestly don't know what I would do without being able to escape into video games at a time like this. Thanks, Matt, NeoCharge7, again, NeoCharge7, his username, spelled the way you would think it would be, uh, send him his best friend request. Uh, yeah, it gets better. That's, that's, a, that's the shitty it, it, it word of advice that there is, Matt, that bad things happen to everyone and this is especially fucking terrible and it sucks this happened to you but 
it gets better day by day. And so you're doing the right thing now, finding things you enjoy and committing to those, reaching out, you know, continuing to talk to people. Of course, that's a huge part of it. Uh, hopefully now having some more friends to play Destiny with, that'll be good too. But yeah, this stuff gets better. Uh, I think we've all used, I, I should speak for myself, I've used it for sure. I've famously at IGN wrote about going through my divorce and playing Infamous through that. But just in general, I think, you know, games are the distraction that you can, I'm able to shut things off if everything else is too noisy, if kind of funny is too busy or if something else is going on or if I'm in a fight, escape into a world I really, really love. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, your situation is uh, is tough because it's not a breakup. It's it's losing someone. Yeah, and uh, someone you love, and that's and that's a different kind of pain. That's a deeper kind of pain, I think, because it's not timing or chance or whatever. It's it's something serious, and and I don't want to downplay that but it does get easier and some days are going to be you know one step forward two steps back i assume and and uh but i think video games much like books much like movies much like any form of entertainment is a good escape as things become normal and, and eventually I, I i do believe your life will become normalized and you will move on but you'll always remember as well um my dad always told me you know my dad is uh, was an fdny firefighter for many years he's a social worker now that works for the fdny uh dealing mostly with um 9-11 families and people that were there because he was there um and he always says that it's important to let, like feel the pain to like let it mm, mm, to not mm. hide from it or not like avoid it, not go to the bottom of a bottle or yeah, anything don't, like that. Don't stuff because it down. It's still let there. it boil over. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah and yeah. it has to come out and you have to feel it first. Yeah. So once you do, and once you feel it and once you let your body feel it, and once you go through that pain, then, then you can exercise it. And, um, video games might be a, a viable way for you to be able to do that, but definitely don't, um, you know, I believe in escapism in a sense, but I also don't believe in it as the end all solution to a problem that's still going to exist when you get back, whether you're waking up from a fucking hangover or whether you're getting out of a video game, it's all the same. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, you're going through it right now, I think, and I think you're, that's why I don't even bother bringing it up. And the fact that you're reaching out and I'm sure at some point you probably felt stupid writing this email to two guys. You don't, you don't know, no, or you're our best friend, as I always say, but like, we're, you know, you're writing to us about a woman we didn't know about this thing, what you're going through. And like, we're here fucking talking about platinum trophies and stuff. I'm sure that felt goofy, but it wasn't because that's the relationship we have. So if you continue to exhibit that and talk to the people and talk to your friends and talk to your people you raid in destiny with and do all this different stuff, you're making the right choices. But yeah, yeah it's about opening up and yeah, allowing yourself to feel it so you can move on and deal with it is great. Keep your head up. Yep. Colin, time for this week's forgotten PlayStation game. This one comes from out la reaver. Outlaw Reaver over at kind of funny.com slash forums. Outlaw Reaver says, Hey, Colin and Greg, mm. I got a question for you dudes. Mm. Just wondering both of your thoughts on forgotten PlayStation IP or from large companies such as EA and Ubisoft. Why do franchises like Heavenly Sword and Dead Space become completely dormant instead of having more developers similar to Zenzaru pitching ideas for a new Sly Cooper and ultimately getting a chance to create a sequel or a reboot? Like that, Colin? It's a switch. It's not a game. It's a question about forgotten mm. games. I think we already kind of answered it, though, right? Not everything is going to be a fucking franchise. Yep. The and Dead I- Space had three chances, and it got it was good, got great, then it went nowhere. It's so like that. You know what I mean? That's You're how it's got to be. The original Dead Space is one of the great survival horror games of all time. I'm not saying that. I'm, I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying Dead Space 2 was a better it game really than Dead Space but, 1, and everyone agrees. But I'm glad, I'm glad you feel that way. The... Uh, the thing with Heavenly Sword is that Ninja Theory had uh, was ready to do the sequel, and I think that I don't remember it's so long ago that they were in some sort of pre-pro or they had everything written up. And I think that 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 Hellblade game is somewhat of a spiritual successor to to, to Heavenly yeah. Sword. It might be in the same world. Um, I was surprised that Heavenly Sword didn't get a sequel, specifically because when it came out in 2007, it was I think it was 2007. Yeah, uh, it was really the first PS3 exclusive of any resonance for me except for resistance so um 
I was surprised that they didn't go forward with it as well. And I think it if Heavenly like Sword came out a year or two it. later, they probably would have gotten a sequel because more people would have played it and bought it. It still came out during that dead zone. By the time people really started to buy PS3s, the, the Heavenly Sword was a, was a fucking relic, you know? Yeah. That game was fun, though. Um, oh, yeah, totally. And it didn't have trophies, and it was a, it was a whole... There's a, lot, there, there, there's a lot of reasons it was behind, you know, why it was behind the eight ball in this one and why it didn't do better. Yeah, not enough people had PS3s. When trophies came around, they didn't go back and do that. Heavenly Sword, I think, honestly, could have been something, and yeah, just didn't... Yeah, Heavenly Sword was a cool game. It, it's got God of War vibes to it, too, though, so it might it might have felt a little redundant to people, but... Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat surprised about that, too. The interesting thing about... Uh, PS3 though is that it, it only had you know it had two God of War games but really only one proper one so I don't know that yeah. it would have necessarily interfered with each other especially because they came no like three totally years not apart. and that's the whole thing is it would have been two that like people loved what's her name I forget the protagonist Noriko Noriko people loved her right she was a strong female character she had this cool thing going on she was empowered that would have been and she had that sister that shot the arrows and whatnot too right then the, yeah yeah when that was the thing where i thought there was a rumor for uh hell hellblade or whatever the fuck it's called right that's that, about that that they that she had some time but that was a, a rumor so long ago i'm not sure if that's been debunked by now because again that's a game where the fuck i haven't heard anything about that in quite a while there was something on the playstation blog about it recently i think uh, it's still going just come on get it out right ninja theory is much smaller i think now i think that you know that they made uh enslaved enslaved after heavenly sword and i think they haven't made anything since oh uh, no they made uh, dmc but then after that they they you know they've been working on this i think there's a more truncated mm-hmm. studio but maybe we'll find out more at psx that along with like deep down and a few others i'm like i don't know what deep the fuck's down. going on yeah. i think deep down's gone I, I don't know what's going on i played deep down the japanese woman laughing at me because i couldn't play because i couldn't invert my controls and she had no idea what i was saying so i'm yeah. running around same thing when i play castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 at TGS, people were busting my balls in the comments because I, I'm like, I can't read to invert my controls. I'm doing the best I can do. They don't want to hear that on the internet. No, they don't care. They just think you suck. And guess what? So did Lords of Shadow 2. So. No! Bada bing, bada boom, Colin. It's time for the PSN's worst name of the week. And I'm, I thought for sure this would be one of your predictions. That they, that name it, change? Yeah, because it seems like all signs nope. point to it's yes. Total intentional, totally intentionally leaving it off. Yeah, because yep. you don't want to jinx it? Just leave it alone. Just do it. Just fucking do it. Although I was telling Tim, this is the time where it seems too clear, right? It seems too. We there, we we talked about it before. Everywhere. That guy emailed us a long time ago. A PowerPoint presentation. Then the, the more unreal. Rumors. Yeah, the unreal patch notes have them changing the, the way that, that they deal with names. Mm. The, so the, so the die is cast. The, they're the developers are getting instructions to to render names differently now. Yeah, um, which can indicate. You know, I was reading one rumor that saying that the the change might be that like games that you that have the new patch notes. In other words. If your name is A B C D E and you want to name it, you know X Y Z or whatever, in old games your name will still appear as A B C D E, but your name will appear in X Y Z in newer games, gotcha. um, which I think might be the only way to solve the problem. But uh, I I'm of two minds where I think it's possible, but at the same time I think that I was even telling Tim I'm like I just don't know you can even make that announcement. Mm. Like you might that's something on the PlayStation blog that like you're just like hey you can do it now. You know, you have you do it there because the place will go. I just nuts. Don't, I don't know that PSX, I don't know that it will go nuts. I don't yeah, know about well. that. Well, PSX, these dorks like us, they'll, they'll go nuts. We thought that people would really go nuts for Vita shit, and if, I think even Vita reception has been pretty tepid. So, you know, I just I don't I don't know, but I I feel like it, I feel like they're close. Okay. I feel like it's going to happen. Anyways, worst PSN name of the week. You go to the forums. You put your bad PSN name up there, and we read it here so you can try to get Shuhei Yoshida to listen to you and let you change your name. This one comes from Alex Can't Think. That's his forum name. Not not what he's talking about here. What's up, Colin and Greg? Been a fan of you guys since beyond, since the beyond days. And I wanted to submit a PSN worst name of the week. This is actually my friend's name, not mine, but I had a large part in the creation of the name. Side note here, Colin. Stick with it, because it doesn't sound bad, and then we get there. The name... D D D 13 
That's D-E-E-D-E-E-D-E-E-13, right? Not that bad when you hear it. Back in the year 2007, my friend was the first guy on the block to get his hands on a coveted PlayStation 3. Since I was the more technically inclined one, he invited me over to help set up his PSN account. When we got to the naming portion, we tried a number of names, all equally terrible, but to no avail. He says B-Ball Brandon, B-Rad, etc. In a fervor, and as a Carlos Mencia fan, I took the controller from his hands and typed in his catchphrase, <laughs> adding 13 for my friend's age. The name was accepted. Now my friend has forgotten this moment in time until a few months ago when I reminded him of the situation. He now blames me for all the ill fortune he has received under his PSN name. Shuhei, please let us change our names. It's time, Shuhei, please. I was reading, I'm like, why did he submit this? And I was like, Carlos Mencia. I'm like, what's the, oh... Carlos Mencia, man. Carlos All I know about Mencilia. him is that yeah, he's stealing everyone's jokes. That that, that George Lopez famous, laid him out. Yeah, and Joe Rogan, I think too, in person, right? Like uh, I don't remember. Uh, the, I that think one. I think that like he walked on stage or something. There's some shit that happened like some years back. Oh, I fuck, think, I gotta look at that. One. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thirteen was brought to you by Movement Watches, ladies and gentlemen. Movement Watches was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. The watchmaker's goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high quality, minimalist products at revolutionary prices. Now, we here at PSLWXOXO get it. Holiday shopping can be tough, but thanks to movement watches, all the gift-giving anxiety can disappear with the press of a button. These watches make the perfect purchase for just about anyone in your life, guy or girl, and remember they start at only $95. Uh, We've talked a lot about this. We all have these watches. They send them in. Nick Scarpino, watch aficionado. He uses it all the time. I have the one with the black band, the black face, the red hands. It's very cool. It's stylish, Colin. You wear this? You heard a style? I heard a style, but watches, I like these watches. They send us some and they're nice. Still got the girl arms. Oh, you do? Yeah, which which, which complicates issues sure, for me. I understand that. I understand you know? that. Yeah, you don't want to call attention to And are you offended fingers. that I call them girl arms? I'm not. Oh, well. Don't know what to tell you about that. I mean, if you said like the prepubescent boy arms, then I'd be all over here doing this. Ew. <laughs> 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 Movement watches started just ninety five dollars at a department store. You're looking at four hundred to five hundred bucks. Movement figured out that by selling online, they were able to cut out the middleman, get rid of that retailer markup, and provide the best quality price. Get fifteen percent off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movementwatches.com/love. Uh, that's in the description of the YouTube video. Don't worry about it because it's movement mvmt watches.com/love. Join. The movement. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been an epic PSI Love You XOXO. Remember, we are the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. We post every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And this is a product of kindoffunny.com. So please go there. Subscribe to the two YouTube channels. Watch the other shows. Subscribe ever on iTunes. Like the things. Leave feedback. It all works out in the end to make us make better cool crap. Remember, PSX is this weekend. Saturday. Over at twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We will start at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time pre-show. Then we'll do reactions where we watch the, sh- the stream with you at 10 o'clock. And then immediately following that, we'll do a live PS I Love You XOXO, which will be episode 64. That will then post immediately to YouTube MP3 services. Then Tuesday, we'll put up our panel that we're doing Sunday at PSX. Noon, remember, 1 o'clock, you can come meet and greet us afterwards. Every episode of PSI Love You XOXO ends in a song and a segment we call Sing It As Shuhei. This is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes over to kindoffunny.com slash PSM. You 
Give me your song that you made. I need an MP3 to put at the end of our MP3. I need a YouTube video to annotate out to at the end of our YouTube video. Today, Colin Moriarty, we have a celebrity guest. This is Taylor Noel. Now, I know what you're thinking. I don't know Taylor Noel. I know Taylor Swift. I know Joey Noel. Where is this hybrid? What if I told you, Colin Moriarty, Taylor Noel was the daughter of Deacon from Nashville? How's that? Huh? That makes me like the real life daughter. Of yeah, not in the show. No, 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 not, not Maddie Deacon's in the show. Okay, no, no, not okay. Maddie. Not okay, Maddie. Okay. Not, not Maddie. This is a real life. Okay. She's blood related to Chip. Oh, that's Chip cool. Eston. Yeah, yeah. She just put out a new. My dude, Chip. Your, your boy, Chip. She just put out a new EP called Out of My System. She says, hey, Greg, everyone knows internet friends are the coolest kind of friends. It would mean so much to me if you were able to play this. This is, uh, what is it here? This is the song Too Good off of the EP Out of My System. She also just turned 21. So she got her whole life ahead of her. She's putting out music. We never did this. We could have done this. I had an album with my, my band it, when I was like 19. Can, but can we go? Is it out? Can you go get it right now? No. Th- see, I, in fact, it, I was talking about it with Ramon because I found Ramon's old In Simplest Form EP from when we were in college. Yeah. Like, I don't even know where any of my shit is. This was before this the Paper days. Champ? Paper Champ. Yeah. 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 When you get Paper Champ on Spotify. I have to find the recordings first. Somebody's got them. You're Christian, telling me Betty, Christian Christian big old Betty Ann Moriarty big, big doesn't have them. Big old Betty Ann might have them. Get some eight tracks out there. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Taylor Noel off our new EP, Out of My System, the song Too Good. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs> I don't even know like what the cadence of it's supposed to be. Carlos fucking Vincia. Baby boy, pull up a chair, sit down and listen. I've got something for you that you don't want to be missing. I bet you thought this game you play is working out well. Bet you thought I couldn't tell. You've been running around and chasing skirts like you got nothing Waiting for you here at home, but baby, you got something Better than those other girls all sweet-talking you Baby, here is something new But nothing else before you, boy, I give you my attention So thank you kindly for